first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Eurobash, episode 75 this time. We have Colby Covington, Paddy Pimblett, and the newly crowned Cage Warriors lightweight champion Mason Jones stopping by. Uh, there has been um, a huge shift in uh, how this sport is being covered, how it's being um, participated in with the, uh, the growing concerns surrounding coronavirus. But we are here as always, and we will... Be here, as always, every week as we get through this together. Um, and, of course, I'm joined by the beautiful Noel McGrath, who is in quarantine over there on uh, the south side. How are you, Noel? I'm good, man. I'm, um, yeah, just a little bit frustrated, but I've, I've plenty of stuff to keep my mind occupied at the moment. So I'm working on a few new projects, as I sort of filled you in about, but we'll uh, we'll keep that for a later date to reveal all. But, yeah, um, yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy, which is good, I suppose. But very frustrated, yet the same, that I can't get out to my uh, beloved ga- local for a, a point of Guinness, because they're all shut here. But listen, I think everyone's health is, is the main priority at the moment, and stay in, do it for a few weeks, and, and hopefully this shit will blow over, you know? Yeah, it's scary times. Um, Obviously, Europe now, the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic, um, really frightening things coming out from Italy and Spain now. So we wish all of our friends in those parts of the world um, all the love and hopefully they uh, get through it. Um, It's going to be it's going to be a very, very turbulent time for us all, I feel, in the next while. But look, um, the beat goes on in MMA. Cage Warriors. Uh, went ahead last Friday in um, Manchester. Unbelievable. Uh, what nice. scenes? N- never saw an event like it in my life. We'll, we'll talk about that more later. We'll talk about the fallout from UFC London. Um, and we'll talk about Dana White calling us the wimpiest yeah. and the weakest people in the world. Um, a lot of accusations being thrown around, Noel. Yeah, just weird. It's just typical Dana White. Just I, I think he's so frustrated at this point. He's just blaming the media like he always does. So listen, I took it with a pinch of salt, but stupid comments all the same. I'm sure the people in Italy wouldn't be feeling the same um, uh, about what he said in, in, in those comments. So listen, um, that's just Dana for you. I just think we'll have to move on and forget about what he said. Apart from when we talk about it later on yes, in the show. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, let's uh, let's. 
hit up some headlines. There's not many. It's going to be a lot shorter this week than usual. Uh, so here we go. Mason Jones, I'll tell you this again. Mason Jones is the new <laughs> Cage Warriors, Warriors lightweight champion. Uh, Mirbak Toysimov and Khalid Mortazelyov have been cut from the UFC. I don't think I got that guy's name wrong. Uh, right, even. Several fighters uh, report lack of payment from UFC London. Um, Ashley Evans-Smith on the A-side area this week speaking a lot about that you can check that out on YouTube um, and New York have officially nixed uh, UFC 249 which was due to happen in Brooklyn in April um, that's pretty much all the news there but um, Niall what do you feel about this uh, UFC London situation more and more fighters um, have been coming and saying they haven't been paid. Uh, we heard from Jack Shaw last week who said he was confident um, that they would would get paid the week, uh, the day after we spoke to Ashley Evans-Smith on the A-side and I said, yeah. Ashley, uh, Jack Shaw is quite confident that you guys would get paid and she said, what makes you so confident that we get paid? Um, you know, I think it's disgraceful in light of the situation in light of um, a billion-dollar company like the UFC and in light of what Bellator have done um, in terms of paying their fighters and um, cancelling events, um, the UFC's reaction seems a bit far behind. Uh, do you believe that we need to give them maybe a bit of leeway here, given the situation, or should this be sorted out already? I think the annoying thing for me, Pete, is the fact they haven't disclosed any information on the situation to the media or made a statement. That's the really frustrating thing for me, and obviously, you know, more so, obviously, the, the fighters who, who are really in limbo over this situation. That says to me that there's obviously other things going on in the background. And I know it does actually take a couple of weeks normally to get the fighters paid um, after the fights. So maybe in light of the situation, we'll give them until probably the end of this week to come out with a statement and see what is uh, going on with that situation in London. But, um, yeah, it's just strange that they haven't said anything at all about it. It's this as if there was never even a scheduled card for London. It's pretty mental the way Dane has handled this situation. Yeah, I mean, like, at least just tell the people. Like, yeah, exactly. even if you're not going to put it in their wallets, just say, hey, it's coming. Uh, don't worry, we're going to, yeah. we have you guys on this. And again, like, um, I don't know if you've read this, but uh, Damon Martin had an article out Did, there yeah. last week. Um, its headline is you, you guys should check it out there because this is quite interesting in light of this this happening Endeavor UFC and Bellator parent company yeah. face financial pressure due to high debt during coronavirus outbreak um it's just interesting when something like this comes out um they have been named as a as a as a company that's um not in good credit we'll say in terms of loans and stuff and paying off debts um do you believe that that is factoring into uh White's pursuit of um, UFC 249, Habib and Tony, uh, will say more so than anything. Yeah. That's really the forefront of his uh, wish list at the moment, I guess. Definitely. That's, you know, I've said this for God knows how long in the last two weeks. I've emphasized my belief that Dana White is going to go ahead and try and make this fight happen at all costs because there's so many um, areas in the market, obviously, that haven't been filled. And in terms of money, if Habib and Tony's going ahead, man, you're going to see every single fucking casual fight fan in the world tuning in to buy that fight. That puts money in WME, IMG's pocket. It makes everyone happy there. So, yeah, you know, maybe that is a knock-on effect that they're trying to get this over the line so badly. And Dana's white seem, mind seems absolutely consumed with this fight. Like, 
we're talking about fucking, you know, having this fight in a bloody oil rig, and there's loads of sort of stupid suggestions going around. I know some of them are obviously just taking the piss, but there is some other suggestions that, you know, it could be in Russia and things like that. Um, obviously, in, in, in May, um, I think we're not going to be Habib has gone to, uh, gone back to Russia, I saw there today, it was reported. Okay. Very interesting, but that's that's interesting in itself. I think I, I don't think we're going to be looking at the scheduled date of uh, April the eleventh. I believe it was eighteenth. No, eighteenth. Uh, I beg your pardon. Um, that doesn't look likely if it's going to be in Russia because I think Russia's borders are closed till May, as far as I'm aware. Um, Saudi Arabia has also been mentioned, but these guys, um, Dana White, in terms of um, money, this will be an absolute game changer for them and. Maybe that is what he's, he, you know, he's so consumed. I think it is anyway, because he hasn't stopped talking about this fight. Where, no, we're going to put it on, we're going to put it on, we're going to put it on. And I think they will. I think they're going to get this over the line somehow, somewhere. Even if it's just the two of them fighting, you know, it, would, would yeah. that be that unprecedented that they actually just do that fight alone um, on a card? I, I don't really know. Like, I mean, I, I'll talk about it more later on in yeah. terms of the Dana situation, but it, it's like... It just feels like it's completely ego driven at this point. Like it's him versus the media. Apparently, I don't, I don't know what the fuck. But um, it's just looking, it's just looking very bad, right? Like I mean, the 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 pay situation, um, yeah, obviously what you're saying, like the fact that that's the big um, the big narrative coming from White is all about Habib and Tony staying on. Like that's uh, the the for at the forefront of the world's thoughts as uh, this pandemic eviscerates some mm. some sections of the world that this fight would mean so much. Uh, it seems a bit ridiculous at times. But the Leon Edwards thing now as well, like obviously we haven't spoke to Leon yet. We will be speaking to Leon. Uh, Damon Martin has spoke to him for MMAfighting.com. He's also spoke to Ari Lawani and uh, Adam Cattrall for BT Sport. Um, yeah. Some horrific revelations there with, with Leon Um the quote here that that um, appears on BT Sport uh, from the interview with Adam Catterall is, I had a phone call at 9 a.m. on Sunday saying the, fl- the fight is off and you need to get um, to America today. Elite athletes, this is crazy. Like, I mean, we've we've talked about it a lot since this came out. Uh, you know, Wayne Rooney kind of saying, well, I'm only happy to go back to play football when yeah. I know the fans are safe, when I know the players are safe. It, it seems like... UFC have got that elite price tag on their company. There's been a lot of bit money been made, but the 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 fighters, the elite fighters, people, you know, in title conversations like Leon, still aren't being treated with the respect of a professional athlete, really. Oh yeah, ma- massively. And I listened to that with Adam Catterall, and it was a disgrace. Like how they expect a, this guy to hop on a plane when in three hours of being told his fights fecking off in London, and they want to move him over to the US is an absolute joke from the UFC's point of view it's total lack of professionalism um, but the one thing maybe I didn't allude to back there a couple of minutes ago when we were, when I was talking about Habib Ferguson like the one thing I will say about Dana White is he must be under a considerable amount of pressure from you know ESPN because I know they have a certain amount of cards to fill a year and that's obviously sort of with this unprecedented situation I'm, I'm sure he was feeling that pressure not knowing what you know the legal rights were in case of breach of contract and similar situations like that. But yes, it is no excuse from what happened with Leon Edwards. And I think, you know, Dana sort of picks and chooses which guys he's nice to. And I think he realises that Leon hasn't had that breakthrough opportunity yet in terms of having, you know, that fight card in his own country. That's obviously affected, I think, maybe the way Dana approaches Leon and his attitude towards Leon and the way a lot of people's attitudes are towards Leon, as we'll hear a little bit later on as well. So... 
I don't know if that's anything to play into it, but yeah, listen, it's a total lack of professionalism, and you know, I don't know, I don't really know what we can do about it, Pete. To be honest, you like we can just say it's a disgrace, but like it's up to Dana White at the end of the day to to iron out these matters, and they haven't been done as of yet. Um, you know, we you spoke about there, you hinted at there, um, you know, the the conversation has moved on, um, in terms of who's fighting who here, yeah, um, be, with Dana White, obviously Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington. And it seems like, you know, he is being pushed into that odd man out status again, uh, Leon Edwards, which is a real pity, a real shame. Like even the the fantastic BT Sport promo that came out ahead of uh, what was going to be Woodley and Edwards was all about how Edwards had turned his life around through the sport uh, to be able to provide for his young family. And then to think, like, you know, he's been pushed out of this conversation basically because he was trying to protect his family yeah. is, um, is insane. Um, but Colby Covington and Woodley, obviously a lot of traction here. They, they tried to put that fight together. It didn't happen. Um, but Colby has appeared on every um, show uh, across the MMA sphere, um, making his voice um, heard loud and clear. And uh, he gave Noel a doozy. Just days ago, did we we need to highlight that this yeah, was before uh, Dan Lambert introduced the uh, the Colby Covington rule, I suppose we call it at ATT. <laughs> did you see that, Noel? I did indeed. Yeah, basically, Dan has said there'll be no trash talk amongst his own fighters um, in the gym from here on out. But uh, it's a very different so set of circumstances. Like like a, we we like we nearly have a black market Colby Covington <laughs> interview here with all, with all just the pre pre agreement rules here in place. <laughs> Very good yeah, stuff. yeah, that's that's you know that's Colby's. Uh, he was he was very uh, to be honest, you you know sometimes you don't know when Colby's messing or not, but he, he gets very very angry in this. He starts shouting at one point. So uh, Mark Goddard, like um, that certainly isn't water under the bridge. Anyway, well, uh, I think he might have right. said Mark Goddard's name fifty seven times during this interview. Um, also thought it was interesting, and you did your best to ask him this question, but just for for people to listen out yeah. to it, obviously. You are doing your best to um, highlight the the similarities between uh, pre-vocal Colby yeah. um, and Leon, as in, you know, two guys who are just winning, 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 uh, looking for a way to cement their place um, as, as, as a title contender. And uh, he didn't want to talk about that at all. I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, he did not want to um, – he didn't want to kind of um, – Shed any light into his situation when he was coming up and he was in that position. Didn't want to share any common ground yeah. with Leon, nearly, you know. Definitely, but that's you know that's a sign. Maybe he's he's a little bit threatened and he knows how good Leon is as well. So it was, it, I thought I just thought it was very he interesting. Colby, I Covington. think I think he is a big old pair of balls, and I'm coming on yeah. the Euro bash and slating the shit out of all Europeans. Really, I mean, Joanna got it in the neck. Uh, Mark Goddard, a great ref, uh, gets it in the neck. Leon Edwards won't even talk about him. Darren Till, uh, Darren Bisping. Till gets thrown under the bus. Bisping, Jesus. The English people in general. Yeah. <laughs> it was Harry Carr, mate. You know, uh, it, it reminded me of nearly one of them old pro wrestling things, you know, where Macho Man or whoever goes to, uh, you know, I hate Cleveland. There was a bit of that, but there was there was certainly a bit of seriousness as well. I could I could feel that. And, you know, even speaking to him before and after, before he went on air, he's, he's an angry man at the moment. Very, very angry. Like yourself, Noel. Nah. <laughs> right, well, look, let's get on to it. No point in uh, keep on talking about it. This was a long one. Uh, strap yourselves in, feel the G's. Um, it's Noel McGrath and Colby Covington. Delighted to welcome on uh, Europe's 
premier MMA show, uh, Eurobash and MMAfighting.com. I think it's actually his debut on, on the Eurobash platform. It is the man. He's actually causing chaos, living quite up to his nickname in the last week. It is Colby Covington. Colby, how are you, my friend? Are you, are you staying safe, first of all, and, and foremost in, uh, in Florida? Absolutely. Never been safer, you know? So I think this quarantine is, uh, is a good thing for me and, and the world, and people need to learn to social distance and just visualize and focus and motivate themselves to, to do better things in life. Great words, Colby. Great words, great words. You're, you're dead right. It's, it's getting serious, I think, out of hand at the moment in, in some countries. So it's, uh, it definitely people need to be more aware of what they're doing. Colby, obviously there's a, a lot of stuff going on. You, you've caused chaos um, since you popped your head back in on the cancellation of that UFC London card. You were scheduled to tire, fight Tyron Woodley. Um, what, what, was that actually agreed? Were you going to throw down last Saturday with Tyron Woodley? Oh, 110%. You know, I, I agreed with the UFC. I was ready to go and, you know, Tyron Woodley's a bitch, so it doesn't matter if I'm fighting him on six days' notice or if I'm fighting on one day's notice. I'm going to beat his ass worse than he is in his rap because we all know his crap, rap career is absolute bullshit and it's, it's phony and it's fake. And, you know, I was going to expose his fighting career as bad as his rap career. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to, to Tyron in a, in a moment. I want to ask you about Leon Edwards and the situation there. You know, Tyron came out and said that originally UFC wanted you to go and face Leon Edwards. What was the situation there? Um, did you turn down that fight originally in London? Absolutely not. That's the fakest news I've ever heard. First off, let's get the name right. You know, the guy's name is Leon Scott, and nobody knows who he is. I've never heard of him. Second of all, I just came off a world title fight that I won, and I got robbed, and it was a fake fight. It was a fake ref, and thank God for the travel ban in the U.K. because Mark Goddard needs to keep his fucking bitch ass over in U.K. because he sucks at fucking ref, and he should never be allowed to ref another fucking high-level fight ever again. Absolutely pathetic the way he robbed me and was paid off to fucking give Usman to get his hand raised. I beat the shit out of Usman for 24 minutes and he wanted to fucking save Usman's life. So it didn't go to the scorecards because everybody knows I was winning that fight. And it was a fake stoppage. It was a fake fight. There was fake fouls. He called fouls when they weren't there. I kick him in the liver. He calls the fake nut shot. You know, I didn't even poke him in, the, in that eye. And he's faking like he got poked in the eye on that side. And then, so he's calling fouls when they're not there. But then when there's fouls right in front of his face, Usman's hit me in the back of the head towards the end of the fight, and I'm covering, intelligently defending, and then he's just stopping, like, out of nowhere for no reason. I mean, the guy's a piece of shit. I got fucked in my last fight, and I was not scheduled or asked about for any other fight except for a rematch right now. The only reason I was willing to step up this week in America, because I'm America's champ, I'm people's champ, and I wanted to save sports. I wanted to put on a show for the sports world. I wanted to entertain all these people's lives that are stuck in their homes. And I was going to do that by beating the shit out of Tyrone Woodley on six days' notice. We'll get back to that in a, in a moment. I, I want to ask about Leon, right? It, Leon seems to be kept uh, getting overlooked by the UFC. They keep sort of giving him knockbacks. Do, do you feel that's, that's a fair assessment? And what do you think of that? I'm not here to talk about some gatekeeper, some guy that nobody knows about, buddy. We came to talk about America's champ, people's champ, and, and what my future holds. And, you know, my cards aren't with some guy named Leon Scott. My cards are held with Marty Fake Newsman, my rematch, or a longstanding rivalry and a beast that everybody can, can get behind. They know me and Willie have deep-rooted hate for each other. So, you know, I got two guys on, on my list that I'm going to be fighting in the next month or two, and that's either going to be Marty Fake Newsman or Tyquil Woodley. 
Yeah, no, I totally understand that. But I, I sort of want to get a, a, you know, your opinion on, on because you were a guy. Let's be honest about it. You know, sort of earlier on in your career, you and Dana had your, your your issues. It seems the same way with Leon and him. What, why do you think that is? I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a journalist, man. I'm not a guy that's in my mom's basement who's pretending to be a journalist when he didn't even get his journalist degree. So all these guys out here that that are supposed journalists, you know, like where's their schooling? Where's their credentials to show that they're real journalists? Why aren't they reading about? Why aren't they writing about real journalist type stuff? You know, they're too busy, you know, eating Cheetos, talking about Comic Con. So, you know, get these guys. The only thing that's good that's came out of this fucking virus is that all these journalists can shut up stay in their, their mom's basement and and not go to comic cons was that a joy but me no it was just all the other journalists out there i don't know do you go to comic con no not at all that isn't that isn't my scene okay. colby at all okay then then you're not a nerd or a virgin now <laughs> all right man um you, you talked about that obviously tyron woodley and like he's gone on a perfect rant about you again um, I listened to his um, interview with, with Ariel Helwani um, on ESPN on Instagram, I think it was, and he literally went to, to school on you again. He was calling you a bitch, you know, all sorts of profanities. You, you've really got under his skin at this stage. Is that fair to say that you've, you've really sort of rattled him? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been under that guy's skin. You know, I, I was taking that guy's soul and consciousness a couple of years ago in American Top Team, so he's never been able to get over that. And, and before, you know, he had, you know, when he had the world title a couple of years ago, you know, he, he had a little bit of power to be able to pick who he could fight. And he was ducking me. He didn't want to fight me because he knew how good I was. We traded at ATT. You know, I'd left him unconscious multiple times. So, you know, now he knows that he might have to fight me. And he's just, I'm under his skin because he knows I'm a better fighter. And I'm going to embarrass him in front of the world. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, you saw what I did to Robbie Lawler. I had no camp. Yeah. The world's most dangerous man, Robbie Lawler, had no camp. I'll fight that bitch Tyron Woodley anytime, any place, and I don't want to hear any bullshit about Woodley being more American. He hates this country and everything it stands for. You said that, you know. It seems as though they're leaning down, giving your 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 former best friend Jorge Masvidal that title shot against uh, Kamara Usman. So it's obviously just Tyron Woodley then in the picture if if that fight happens. Is that correct to say? You know, the thing is, is that we have to find out how that plays out because I've been telling people in the media for months what's going to happen with that fight. I said, journeyman George Masvidal, a.k.a. the street Judas, is going to overprice himself out of the fight. He don't want to fight Marty Fake Newsman. He don't want to fight anybody that can wrestle because he can't wrestle. All he can do is get lucky and throw some Hail Mary shots and and, and land some Hail Mary knockouts and, and get lightning in a bottle and get a little hype on him. That's all George is, is hype. Let's not forget the man has double-digit losses. He's got almost 15 losses on his record. Let's not forget the guy's a 50-50 fighter in the last three, four, five years, if you look at his record combined. Let's not forget, you know, the guy hasn't beat anybody relevant in the top five. The, the guy's all hype. I mean, this is what's bad about the sport today is that all you have to do is get one or two knockouts and you get all the hype on you and people think you're a world beater, but it's not realistic. So, but going back to my original point is that George is not going to sign this fight. I think, you, you know, what, what this fight was supposed to be signed a month or two ago. They've been trying mm. to, they've been dragging this fight out, trying to get this fight signed. And you see, George is getting too much uh, issues. He wants the Connor fight, and he thinks he deserves Connor money. He doesn't deserve Connor money, and he's not a Connor level fighter. So, you know, he needs to get over that. He needs to get out there and either take the ass open by Marty and get exposed, which I don't think he's going to show up for. Or he needs to sit the fuck back and let the big boys play at the top of the mountain. And that's me, me against Marty Fake Newsman. Round two. 
I believe, right, and I think this is sort of, you know, people sort of maybe have a vendetta against you, and you even mentioned it there, maybe the media, maybe, you know, other fighters. Do you feel that way that it's it's sort of coming now into into the fight game and things like that, that people don't want to see you or give you the credit you, 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 th- you think and feel you deserve because of your political views and your, your outspoken nature? Yeah, and, and, and that's okay. You know, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. So, you know, if these people, you know, they want to they wanna hate on me, they want to love me, you know, at least I'm giving them an emotion. You know, I don't really care if they hate me. If they hate me and they want to see me get knocked out, thank God. Enjoy the show because I'm never getting knocked out. No one's going to beat me anymore. I'm going to beat everybody when I, when I have a fair playing field, not when I have an incompetent ref who calls fake fouls, calls fake stoppages, and, and calls a fake fight. You know, that, we're, not, we're not talking about Mark Not-So-Goodard. We're talking, about, we're talking about real fighting and real fights so, and fair playing field, not corrupt fucking getting paid off to do something. So, you know, all these people, you know, at least I've given them something to hate, man, and make their lives, their miserable lives better. You know, all, the, all these people that are, are miserable and want to vent their frustrations on me, you know, about the way I do my business and the way that I try and entertain the people around the world, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's their thoughts and that's their opinion. They're entitled to their own opinion. They're entitled to their own free speech, just like we have in America. And, you know, if they want to hate me, so be it, you know, but you're going you're gonna to tune in. You're going to enjoy the show. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to keep doing is delivering the show for the fans, for the people, and you know I'm 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 back to save sports and save the UFC. I, I watched back your fight with Kamara Usman this morning, and you know I actually I, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I had it scored three one for you going into that final round. I think Kamara came out maybe in the fifth round thinking he had to do something to to win the fight. Do, do you feel that way? Have, have you watched back the fight? Yeah, I watched it back once or twice. Uh, yeah, he definitely came out in the fifth. He, he went hard, you know, and. And my, my coaches, you know, were telling me they thought that I was up 3-1-2 or 3-1 as well. So, you know, I was kind of – I kind of went into autopilot mode and I was like, you know, just more trying to – I don't know. I just – I didn't fight how I normally fight where I just fight till the last second. You know, I fought like the first four rounds I had – I thought I had three rounds easily in the bag. You know, I, I was wobbling him almost every single round. I had him hurt. You know, I, I was winning the striking exchanges and – and the fifth round, you know, I, I don't know, I slowed down, and that wasn't me, and I, and, I, and I fought a really bad fight that fifth round. So basically what I'm trying to say now is that was my worst night, and that was Marty Fake Newsman's best night, and you saw what happened. My worst night against his best night, and I still should have won the fight. Imagine what happens when I have an average night or a better night or my best night. Marty Fake Newsman won't have a chance against me next time. Listen, I think I, I totally agree with you. I think a, a rematch is definitely inevitable, and I, like – who doesn't want to see it after that first fight? It was insane. I'm just interested to know, what rounds did you score for yourself? I had you one, two, and four, Kamara Usman, for, for three. What, did, you, did you score the rounds? Yep, those are the exact same rounds I was going to say before you said it. One, two, and four. Okay, cool. Right, and, we, fifth, and I was, win, I was winning the fifth, too. If you go back and look at the fifth, I was winning until, you know, I, I slipped on a banana peel and got clipped a little bit. But, you know, we go into a fight to kill or be killed now. I signed up to kill or be killed, so I got robbed of that. They didn't let me fight to the death. I signed up to fight to the death. This is professional fighting. We're not talking about NBA basketball. We're not talking about LeBron, LeBron James faking fouls or sitting out on a, of a basketball game because his toe hurts. We're talking about getting locked in a UFC fucking octagon and fighting to the death because that's what we signed up to do. It's a dangerous fucking sport. Let us be dangerous. And don't fucking stop the fight early or call fake fouls, you fucking coward Mark Goddard. Stay the fucking UK, you piece of shit.
you clearly obviously don't like Mark Goddard. Is there any possibility you'll ever fight in the octagon with him being a referee again? <laughs> There's no possibility I'll ever be in the same room with that fucking bitch ever again. If I see Mark Goddard on the street, I don't know if I'm going to be able to contain myself now. I'm going to be honest. Like, It's going to take so much self-discipline and to really hold myself back from what he robbed me of, you know, I, it's, it's clear as day that he was paid off and someone paid him off in the UK to do this. And, you know, I have a lot of enemies in the UK with Bisping and, and uh, Daryl, the Doughboy Till. So, you know, it's obvious that the UK, they don't like me. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's obvious the British also hate Americans, you know, they haven't had an opinion since 1717, 1776, you know? So, you know, there's a reason that he has, some hate for me and, and he wanted to take that out and, and rob me, you know, because all the bad calls he made. So, you know, that guy's a piece of shit and I'll never be in the same room again, let alone a fucking UFC octagon. I feel, and I'm not, I'm not like, I feel there's, there's a real, maybe since that fight and obviously you're very upset and, and, you know, pissed off the way it went, but I feel as though Colby Covington, we're seeing a, a real aggressive, angry Colby Covington more so than we, we've ever seen. Is that a fair enough statement to, to make of you at the moment, how you're feeling? I couldn't agree anymore now. Before, I was playing with everybody. This was just a game. It was a joke. I was just putting on a show for people. I was laughing. I wasn't taking it serious. Now, now, I'm fucking pissed. Now you're going to see fucking pissed off Kobe. You're going to see real Kobe. You're going to see a guy who has a chip on his shoulder. Before I was playing, I'm fucking serious now. Wait till you see how good I am inside that octagon now that I'm serious. Is it just based on that fight alone, or is it based on, on things, other things that have happened outside it? Is it everything sort of an accumulation of things where you get maybe pissed off with, you know, as you said there, playing with people? Is it, is it growing old in you? I wouldn't say that part's growing old because, you know, this is the entertainment show business, yeah. and I want to put on a show for the fans. I, w- I want to give them, you know, some light in the darkness. That's exactly what I want to be is the light in the darkness. Give some people hope. Give someone some inspiration to keep going, but – it's a culmination of everything, man. The UFC is, has just, they haven't, they haven't u- utilized me the right way. I, I put my whole life on life for this company. I was willing to go to Brazil when I had favelas wanting my head for $50,000. I was willing to go fight in, on an Indian tribe on six days notice against a guy who had a full camp in Tyrone Woodley. I'm here to fucking make this sport great again. I'm here to move this sport forward and, and do things never done before in this sport. So, you know, the UFC needs to get me the ball, and I'm going to run for the touchdown. They need to stop treating me like shit. They need to stop fucking putting incompetent reps in there. And it needs to be fair, dude. I'm just – I know that since I support our president, and I, I know everybody hates our president, and they want to hate on him and say he's such a bad person, they, they, they use that – they hold that against me. And that's not fair, man. All I want is a level playing field, especially now with – I don't know if you know what's going on, in professional sports in America with, yeah. with the sign stealing with the Houston Astros. I don't know if you've seen how big of a deal that was. The sign stealing with the Houston Astros, the, the, the deflate gate with the Patriots and yeah, all yeah. the stuff that's going on in football. So, look, we got baseball and football, the two biggest sports, and everybody's talking about the cheating that's going on. It needs to be cleaned up. It needs to be player fair, playing field. What about the UFC? What about me getting robbed? You know, where, you know I don't see people uh, calling for that. So, you know, everybody wants to clean, you know, sports and they want a level playing field. Yeah, so do I. That's all I want is a level playing field. Let me go create my dreams and create my destiny on my own. And there shouldn't be anything else in the way of that. Not some incompetent ref 
not some guy, some veteran in wherever around the world that has all this money on the fight that, that they needed to, to go the other way so they can make money. I just want a level playing field. That's all I ask now. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at earlier on. Like, is that the way you felt? Maybe there's a vendetta against you, you know, because of your beliefs and things like that from certain people. Absolutely. There's no question, man. There's no question that the hottest topic in the world right now is Donald Trump. And it always is. He's the most powerful man in the mm. world. The American president is, is a person, you know, that's in a powerful position. So, you know, I know a lot of people don't agree with him. You know, he, in America, you know, there's a silent majority of people that love him, but there's not people that, that come out publicly and support and show their support for him. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, President Trump is doing a great job in keeping the coronavirus from spreading and he's keeping America safe and he's got everything under control. But with that being said, you know, people shouldn't be holding those words against me just because I support someone. I'm not going to come at you if you support somebody in Ireland that I don't like. You know, I'm sure you support a lot of people in Ireland I don't like, but <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against you. That's, that's, your, that's your God-given right now to, to support and have an opinion about whoever you want. I don't I'm not going to hold something because you have a different opinion. I don't support anyone in, in Ireland, Colby. I'm an impartial journalist. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. There's not, there's not many left by you. Yeah. Now you're, oh, I'm you're honest, bro. And... <laughs> I like that. I, I can appreciate that. That's why I still do interviews with you. <laughs> right. i got to ask you, we'll move it on. Um, you know, Joanna Young-Jacek, obviously being, you know, European, she's, she's from Poland. Um, You've had a lot of beef with her. She said before the Usman fight that she she hoped Usman beat you. Um, and it's been going back and forth. You're obviously teammates. Um, you've called her washed up this week after her fight against Wei Li Zhang. She said you must bow to the Queen to apologize. Listen, we've never got actually confirmation to what exactly has happened between you and Joanna. What's gone on there? Yeah, the confirmation is there was never a problem now. I never said anything about Joanna. I never looked at her wrong, never did anything. One day she came in the gym and she just starts screaming at me when I'm training. Ah, oh, Colby, this, that, I hate you. Ah, oh, blah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what's your deal? What's your issue? Like, I know last week she tried to come up to me and flirt with me and I wasn't giving her the time of day because now, let's be honest, I have standards and she doesn't fit those standards. She's not a seven and a half or up and I only mess with seven and a half or up. So she got her feelings a little hurt that Raw American Steel and Twisted Sex Appeal, Colby Chaos comes in didn't want to take her on a date, didn't want to flirt with her and have any interest in her because I'm too busy getting dimes and supermodels to waste my time on some ugly booby woman from Poland or whatever. So, you know, she got her feelings hurt. And, and I think, you know, now she's, she's, uh, she's hooking up with George and she knows that George is my bottom feeder and he's my sloppy seconds and he's going to get served in the octagon soon enough too. So, you know, she just wants to, she wants to come and hate me and make me look like the bad guy. But, you know, everybody knows Joanna. She's, she's not a good person, man. She, she believes in her own hype. She thinks she's better than life. She thinks she's better than people, and no one's better than anybody. I don't care what your title is. I don't care how much money you have. That doesn't mean you're better than any money. And, you know, I did apologize, Joanna. She asked for an apology, so I gave it. I gave it a week before her fight, and I, and I apologized. I said, Joanna, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you have to get your face rearranged, and we're all going to make a bunch of money at mybookie.ag. And that's exactly what happened now. I told the people, right, we all got rich at MyBookieIG, and Joanna got her face rearranged, and it's still rearranged. I don't know if you saw the picture the other day. That thing's yeah. still black and blue, and that thing looks nasty, man. That girl should probably never come back to fighting again. So, obviously, that relationship seems untenable at the moment. Yeah, that, that relationship will, will never uh, 
you know, she's a drama queen. You know, she ain't, she ain't a she ain't a strawweight queen. The only queen she is is a drama queen. So you're not going to bow to the queen and apologize. <laughs> does a king bow to anybody? No, a king does what the fuck he wants. The king will not be bowing to anybody. If anything, the queen will come back and bow to me. And, and if she's bowing to me and on two hands and knees, we know what she's doing down there. Oh, okay. All right, Colby. We're talking about relationships. Yourself, uh, I, I was listening to the interview you did with the guys from Submission Radio, good friends of mine, Dennis and Casper. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. Obviously, you put out a picture after you publicly apologized to Dustin Poirier. Um, what was said in that conversation between yourself and Dustin? Yeah, you know, I, I felt bad now. It's the first time in my career where, you know, I, I had to to apologize, you know. And, and, you know, I'm a, but you know what? First and foremost, I'm a man of my word. And if I make a promise to somebody, and I made a promise to Dan Lambert of American Top Team, I, you know, we sat down. I told Dustin Poirier, I made a promise. We're not going to talk about each other. We're different weight right. classes. We're on the same team. Let's keep it civil, man. You go on your side, you train, I train on my side. So, you know, I broke that promise now, and I felt bad because Ariel Hawani was interviewing me, and he, he caught me off guard. I thought we were just talking about Tyrone Woodley and just talking about Marty Fake Newsman, and then he threw me a curveball with Dustin, and, you know, I was just so caught up in the moment that I wasn't really thinking. I just, you know, I just kept talking, and, I, and you know, I, I feel bad. You know, I, I really do feel bad, and it really hurts, but, you know, I think that that shows another side of me, you know, that, you know, I do have some sympathy and I, I do, you know, want to be a person of integrity and a person of character. And, uh, you know, it's never my intention to ever lie or, or not keep my word. So if I don't keep my word, you know, I, I wanted to apologize and be the bigger man and, you know, say sorry to Dustin. You know, I wish him the well and, and the best in his career going forward. And, uh, you know, I'm a proud to be an American top team fighter and I'm proud to be managed by Dan Lambert. Just a couple more. I do appreciate the time as always, Colby. Colby, um, it, you know, in your heart of hearts then, you know, what is the fight? Obviously, Usman is there, but we have this long-running beef, as we talked about with Tyron Woodley. There's Leon Edwards there in the picture as well. Um, what in your heart of hearts? What, what do you want and what do you feel is going to be next for you? I want my rematch with Marty Fake Newsman. I, you know, that's what the people want. That, that fight was one of the most exciting fights in years, in, in the last year, couple years. So, you know, I want to go back out there and do round two and show that I'm new and improved. I'm better than I was then. That was my worst night ever. That was his best night ever. So, you know, and, and I just want a fair play field. I just want a fair ref that's going to call it down the, the, the center. It's not going to be favoritist because it's obviously favoritist. He called fake fouls for Usman, but then – when the fouls were on me, he didn't call those. So that's very biased, and it's very clear if you go watch that fight, rewatch it, that he was still, he was a biased ref, you know, an incompetent ref, and he swayed the momentum of the fight. I win that fight a hundred times out of a hundred if he doesn't if he doesn't break the action for a fake nut shot. I win that fight a hundred times out of a hundred if he doesn't shift my momentum. You know, I, I'm winning that fight if he doesn't do a fake stop when I stand right up and I'm completely coherent and intelligently defending myself. So that's all I want now. I just want what I, what I deserve and what I earn. And I earn, I earn that fight with Marty fake newsman round two is coming. He's not going to go anywhere. Do you think so that's next? George is not going to accept that fight. What do you think that's next though? I do think that's next. You know, right. it, you know, if it's not, then, then, you know, it's for the people. I'm doing something for the people, and I want to put on a show for the people. As the people's champ, I will fight Tyrone Woodley, and I'll, I'll embarrass him I'll, I'll, in front of the whole world. I'll send him back to, you know, his, his pathetic acting career, his pathetic 
B-list rapper career that he's trying to go, and and we'll never have to hear from Tyrone Woodley again. Then I'll get my hands back on Marty Fake Newsman. But but I'm not taking my eyes off the prize and the goal and and the main goal and what I'm here for, and that, and that's the world title. And Marty Fake Newsman is in my way of it. I got to ask you: Is ATT still open at the moment? The facility for you to train? Yeah, ATT. You know, I got to give a huge thank you to Dan Lambert for you know keeping the the cool during this chaotic time. And, uh, you know, he, the pros that still allowed are still allowed to go to American top team and right. do their training and, and training camps and get ready for fights. But average civilians like off the streets, like, no, the regular classes aren't going. It's right. just for the pros right now. And so it's amazing, you know, we can stay in shape and that's why I stayed in shape. And I was in shape ready to fight this weekend against mm. Woodley because, you know, Dan Lambert and in, in the doors, he has the American top team, you know, he, he has a great team, great coaches, and we, we have a great thing going over there. That's why we're the best gym in the world. No, There's not even a close second to us right now. And, and have you made, right, obviously things are going to get worse, Colby. Have you made contingency plans for, you know, training? What what are you going to do if, you know, the gym gets closed down by the government and things like that? Is there, is there you know, have you got a contingency plan at home to train, to, to, to get guys in, to spar, to, to do whatever you need to do? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, but the thing is, is, you know, you don't, the best fighters and the best athletes, you know, are, vi- are visualize- visualizers. And, and when you can do something at home without a coach yelling at you to do something, when you can really push your, your, your body and your mind to the limit without having a coach to come in and scream at you, that's when you're going to make the most gains and mm-hmm. you're going to improve and you're going to evolve more than you've ever thought you could evolve. So, you know, I still have plenty of things I can do. I can shadow box the weights. I can run. I can, I can use uh, – you know, barbells, I can do this, I can do that, I can wrestle with guys, I can bring guys over to my house, you know, I have Matt in my house, and I can just train jiu-jitsu, so, you know, you will see improvements during this time when you would think no one's going to be improving, and, and you haven't seen the best Colby Chaos Covington yet, I promise you that, Colby Chaos Covington 2.0 is coming to you very soon, hopefully in the next month when we get this coronavirus bullshit uh, uh, canceled out, but in the meantime, to the world, you know, wash your hands, man, wash your, your nuts, <laughs> Wash, wash your cracks, and, and, and just let's be sanitary, guys. Let's, let's think about the world. Don't just think about yourself. Think about the world. Don't be selfish. Be selfless. I, I was going to say that to give a message for, for people, but that's obviously the message because, you, in fairness, you have been getting a lot more fan support in recent months, and I think that was very noticeable at UFC 245 when the Colby chants started ringing up in the fourth and fifth round. So that's obviously your message to the people. Listen, Colby, man, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you get back in there again soon, and I do appreciate the time. And uh, you stay safe and uh, look after yourself. Appreciate it. I appreciate it now. Have a good day. Thanks, man. Well, there he was. Uh, certainly didn't pull any punches, uh, did Mister Colby Covington? Well, wow. oh, it was. It was. It was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was just thinking of some of the shit he said there. It was. It was funny shit, man. He's. Uh, he's a loose guy at times. Are you happy that you officially aren't a nerd or a virgin? He told you that on the line there. Does that make you feel good? Are you patting yourself on the back for that one? Yeah, but like I had to say something to him. I wasn't fucking letting him having a pop at me on air. Um, or, or anyone else I don't think that's right well I don't fucking me and Connor <laughs> come on like in fairness now you know me Pete. hardly fucking hell Comic Con my arse get a grip um, son another interesting thing I thought about that interview um, is the Jorge Masvidal thing he could be could he be potentially right in that do you think that yeah. potentially maybe Jorge has um, maybe out out negotiated himself in some respects like do, maybe do you want to hear my take on Jorge do you want to hear it, right? 
I'm bored. Okay. I'm sick of the Jorge thing. Jorge. Jorge, since, you know, obviously the McGregor thing when he started the Gucci jacket, all that. It's just, it just, become, I think it's becoming more forced and forced as it goes along. And it just doesn't appeal to me. I, I don't want to see Jorge fight McGregor. I'd love to see Colby and, and, and Jorge throw down. I think that'd be a you know a smashing fight because there's a massive narrative there. And I'm just getting, yeah, I don't know. Does he really want Usman? It's it's sort of, they, they tried pushing it really pathetically on Super Bowl week. It didn't come across well. And now it's sort of sort of fizzled out. I don't know what the crack is there. Um, it's gone very quiet. So you're you're just sort of thinking, what does he want next? You know, he's not really doing an awful lot in the last number of weeks either. What do you think? Um, Like, I, I don't really care that much about what happens outside um the 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 octagon so to speak um in terms of i i don't like i don't fall out of love with a fight over how people are behaving as much as yeah. other people think um i i never really was mad for the usman fight usman and uh, masvidal i i felt it was there was other options there that i felt that were a lot more um interesting um i still think like yeah, the fight is is obviously uh, the one that's going to create some interest. But I mean, I, I think you know putting Masvidal in the situation in against the, um, an Usman here maybe aren't you know making hay while the sun shines while yeah, you can yeah, with yeah. him. You know, like maybe you put him in there against a striker, a fight that will um, you know be guaranteed fireworks. I I know that's what they thought the Nate Diaz fight would be, and it didn't really come to be. But he just has benefited massively from those three consecutive wins uh till Askren and Diaz um I don't really like I feel like because I was at that fight where he was in the Gucci robe and so I didn't actually get to see it like mm. I feel like a lot of people made up their minds on that on the broadcast um and I haven't gone back and watched the broadcast in full I can remember I was asking you when I got back to yeah, it all, what yeah. the hell happened with Masvidal I didn't know what was going on but um yeah, I think I think Colby might be onto something with the whole uh, negotiations, though. Definitely, like um, the UFC knock people down back to earth pretty quickly. A lot, like they don't want you getting too big for your boots. I get an element of that as well from when you spoke to Darren Till um, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, uh, I, I felt as though he was talking, he was hinting a bit towards money. Didn't make a song and dance about it by any means, but certainly, um, you know, it sounds like he wants more money and he doesn't want to rock the boat yeah, too much exactly. talking about it. Um, so yeah, um, I think he could be onto something there. But uh, moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see what what do you think happens there. Do you do you think do you back Colby to get what he wants here and get that Roseman fight next before no. Masvidal gets in there? Gets no, no, I think they'll have Masvidal in the list uh, ahead of him. I think we're looking at Woodley for for Colby Covington. We've talked about that fight for so long. As I said to Colby, there it's almost gone old to a certain extent people are getting frustrated pissed off they want to see it it's a shame like this is this is gonna like you know we're, we're taking leon out of the equation again and that's like it's almost as if the ufc want that to happen but i do think, think this is the fight everyone wanted to see a year and a half ago when when Tyron was champion was him and colby so i think they're gonna go ahead and push for that i, I really do hmm i don't know like um Two guys coming off losses. Is it a main event? You you know what I mean. Like I'm just thinking. Like you know, it, it's obviously a huge fight. Um, it's going to create so much polarity in, in the US. You'd imagine as well, given you know. That's what I think they're going to do. It. Yeah, I mean, I just feel Leon. It's just such a a shit situation if they don't give him a great fight. Like you know, um, with Woodley there, and then expecting you to jump through those kind of hoops, and then 
you know, mm. I think most people agree that it was the, the right decision that Leon made. And I think UFC, a few hours later, canceling the event kind of, you know, it just it just makes no sense yeah. to kind of punish him for this. I really don't think so. But um, yeah, look, you can't you can't deny uh, how much traction Colby has brought to this uh, potential fight with Woodley. Like, I mean, 100%. it felt as though people weren't even, you know, Leon. As soon as this happened, the the Colby and and Tyron thing kicked off. It felt like Leon was uh, forgotten about completely, mm. and that's something we never want to see. You know. Yeah, and I think it, as I said earlier, I think it's the way Dana White operates, and I think. You know, because Leon has not that standout main event slot that he's focusing um, on other guys in these tough times. Sad as maybe. We'll see how the cards will lie. Uh, obviously, Cage Warriors went down at the weekend uh, last Friday. We had Graham Boyle on the show last week, and he said it would take trains, <laughs> uh, sorry, trucks, planes, and men with guns. I believe he said um, to stop the event, and uh, he was he rang true with his word when. Uh, a few hours after he did the show, AEG pulled the London venue, yeah. and in the blink of an eye, he moved the event to uh, Manchester, where it took place behind closed doors at the BC Arena. Um, Mason Jones comes away with the lightweight title. Um, Paddy Pimlet back in the win column. Two UFC, uh, two UFC London relocated fighters meet Bartos Fabinski and Darren Stewart in the main event. Bartos Fabinski, who moved up from welterweight to middleweight, comes away with the win. Um, a wild, wild situation. How did you feel about it going down in the end, though? Because we were here last week going, look, we feel like hypocrites because, you know. Yeah, big time. You know, it's hard. We could see both sides of the coin there. Um, after it's happened, I got a lot of phone calls off fighters and coaches going, geez, that was great. Mm. Um, seems like everything's gone well. We're going to hear from Mason Jones and Paddy Pimlet later um, who both kind of appraised the, the, the precaution that was uh, put into the event in light of the situation, the global yeah. situation. Um, what did you think of it? How did it? What taste did it leave in your mouth after it? <laughs> to be honest with you, I think it actually did a good thing. Good thing. Put my mind off everything that's going on in the world for a couple of hours and you know sometimes you know we need shit like that and I know obviously you know the the circumstances were obviously horrific and you know it's very dangerous putting people in that situation but in fairness to cage warriors even from the weigh-ins on Friday they, they staggered the weigh-ins the, the weigh-ins you know set times there wasn't too many people in the room at once which was you know a very very good responsible thing to do and you know I uh, I'm not going to lie now here and I was very conflicted going in I, I left with a very um Happy face and, and smile. I was I loved the whole card top to bottom. I thought it was really entertaining with the Darren O'Gorman fight. Now we're gonna talk about a few of the fights um shortly. But yeah, man, like fair play to Graham Boyle and you have to you have to admire that sort of passion and determination to get a card on amidst the circumstances. And I think in terms of as I said there, the safety, they handle it really, really well. Yeah, I mean, it seems like everyone was pretty impressed with the way it was. I mean, you'll hear from Mason Jones. Uh, he was saying it was like a, nearly like a, a military operation, the yeah. way they had it going. Um, and, and Graham Boylan warned them beforehand, you'll hear this later, that if I see you walking around these halls or whatever, you're banned from cage warriors. Like, I'm just going to, you'll never fight here again. Like, that's uh, pretty, pretty stringent stuff, especially when you're talking to guys uh, fighting for a title. And obviously, the likes of Paddy yeah. Bimbert there as well, and UFC fighters. So, um. Yeah, interesting. Let's take a look at the results. Mason Jones um, v. Joe McCulligan should have been the main event. Definitely. Um, absolutely um, um, like ridiculous fight. Great fight for as long as it went. Um, you know, stopped just before the end of the first round. And uh, Mason Jones, as we said, 
catching Joe with a, a flush knee, yeah. uh, just connected absolutely perfectly, and um, that was that was all she wrote. But uh, McColgan looked very very good early on, didn't he? He did, man. He landed some big shots. Both guys landed big shots earlier on. I, I think it was up to the point where it was finished. It was very hard to even sort of uh, judge that round because both guys were landing and they were both throwing leather and, and going straight out. Uh, trying to control dull, 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 dull. And, um, it just shows you about them, you know, absolute warriors. And Mason was great, you know, says all the right things afterwards and, and does all the right things. He's uh, for, for a guy of his age, 24 years of age, he's exceptionally mature. And it was, uh, it was some performance. It's going to take some stop on this guy. I reckon he's, he's definitely on the, the road to the UFC, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. He has it all. I mean, um, I, I think Joe did a great job of getting in his face early on. Yeah, um, but Mason, uh, stay composed. Uh, really seemed like he was, uh, you know, he, he, even though Joe was maybe on the on the, on the front foot, the front step a lot more. I felt as though Mason never looked too uncomfortable. I always felt as though he was still in the fight, mm. and obviously then uh, timed that timed that knee beautifully. There's nothing more you can say about it. Um, he interesting. You'll hear from him later on. He's talking about a UFC veteran next. That's pretty much the would be yeah. the the cherry on top, right? To get him that contract. Yeah, massively. I think, um, you know, there's there's other names being thrown around, but you know, we don't really see them happening. So, I think that seems to be the route we saw it with Joy Herbert as well against Kane Cariosa, and um, when he defeated him, it seems to be that one scalp of that UFC guy is going to really put you in the in the shot window. It's almost as if, you know, it's what Sean Shelby wants at this point um, to to put. Um, the ink in the pen in order to sign that contract. So, yeah, uh, why not? But who was out there to, to do it? That's going to be the interesting thing. But when, listen, Ian Dean pulls guys in from fucking everywhere. So, yeah. who knows? Uh, but, yeah, definitely. I was watching the main event between Darren Stewart and Bartosz Fabinski, and I was thinking, like, look, um, Graham Boylan moved hell and heaven to, to make this um, fight happen. And there's Bartos Fabinski lying all over Darren yeah, Stewart, bleeding all over him. Uh, Fifteen minute fight. I mean, if you're Darren Stewart, surely you're going, Jesus, why did I, why did I want to do this so badly? Yeah, he didn't do anything, man. Like Darren, I know it's very, very difficult to get up, but there were situations there in the third round where he looked as though he was just like, shit, man. You know, this is going to end. Um, he was making very, very little attempts to get up at one point. Obviously, he was knackered, but it was a and, poor and fight. And a savage, savage grappler as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really good grappler. But, uh, and geez, that cut was nasty as well. But um, <laughs> I was going to say Brad was going mental. Sorry, but it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't a great fight. Now, that's what I'm saying. If you'd, you know, Joe and Mason headline and that, I think, you know... If, it sort of takes away from it a little bit the card and the whole is that main event, but um, yeah, listen, what can we do? We, we're not going to get the the best fights every time, um, but there was some absolute corkers on that uh, on the fight card. Paddy Pimblett returns to the win column. Um, yeah, absolutely one sided win. I don't think. Um, yeah, I felt sorry I'm, for Decky with the slip. You know, he he sort of went, lost his foot, and, and then you you just can't do that against Paddy. You know what I mean? He's that was the beginning of the end. I think we all could see it. You know, once once he, he slipped when he when he tried throwing that kick, it was uh, it was game over. It was just a, a matter of time. And uh, unfortunate for Decky, but that's you know that's that's the fight game. That's the business uh, the guys are in. But listen, fair play to Decky as well, stepping up on such short notice. We wouldn't have had a fight if it wasn't for him. So kudos to yeah. him as well. 
Absolutely, but it is a, a great thing for Cage Warriors to have Pimblet back oh, uh, yeah. in the win column. It changes everything. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, uh, we're going to hear from Paddy in a few, um, and he doesn't think that Mason Jones for him and him uh, for the title makes sense from Cage Warriors' uh, point of view. No, it doesn't. And um, and look, we saw this with Joy Herbert as well. There were so many people calling for Mason Jones and Joy Herbert, and Joy said straight away, "Look, that fight's not going to happen." Mm. I'm, mm. Like he just knew it wasn't going to happen. And I feel like this is a very similar one, um, but lots and lots of interesting things they can do with both those guys for sure. Um, Perry Goodwin um, and Steve Amable is a great, great featherweight fight. Really, really good. I love Perry Goodwin, man. I love his uh, swagger and I love his mustache. I'm not going to lie; it's very <laughs> impressive. Really good fight. Both guys, again, straight out, swinging for the fences, cracking each other. You know, it was one of those ones I think it could have gone either way, really. Um, and I, I, if you look at, geez, aimable man, what a fucking tough dude. He took some fucking cracks to that chin and still stayed in there. He seems to come on the more the fight goes, and, and Perry was fading a little bit. Great fight. Like, those two boys just put everything in there. And listen, Goodwin must be one of the most exciting fader, fighters on the Cage Warriors roster. He's never in a bad scrap, man. Unreal. Yeah. Just goes I mean, out there banging, do you know what I mean? We've seen him now in uh, two featherweight fights. He's looked very good. Um, obviously, you have Morgan Charrier. He was meant to fight that night. Yeah. I, I'm sure he's devastated. I'm actually going to try and get in touch with uh, Morgan for next week's episode, I think. Uh, but I'm sure he's devastated. He didn't get to uh, defend that interim title. Um, or was he fighting for the interim title? I can't remember which one I it was. I can't was, remember. Yeah. Um, you know, you have Mads Burnell you have Morgan Charrier and you have Perry there. Um, if they aren't going to make that Morgan v. Mads fight next, they got to make Perry v. Uh, Morgan if if Mads is out. Like, I yeah, mean, it, just, that would be a ridiculous fight. Just think of Perry. Perry fucking fought Reese McKee in his last fight. Like, it's mental to, to think that. You know, no, that was, that was three, fight two, three fights ago. Sorry, was it? Jesus Christ, that's, that's fucking that's how active the guy is as well. But... Um, yeah, why not? Why not do that? Why not do that for the fans? Why not put that on in Belfast? Why not make Belfast a, a night of champions, a, a, a bloody good fight card, and throw fucking Paddy Pimblett in there as well, and Mason Jones and Joe McCall and the whole lot of them? I think they need to do that with this next cage where it's card. If it goes ahead, we don't know um, anything at the moment. But yeah, I think they need to start yeah. making, making something like that. Ahead of UFC Dublin as well, it would make sense for the promotion to do that. Um, with a lot of titles on the line. It just makes it exciting. People get talking about Cage Warriors then when they do something like that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Irish MMA, uh, Darren O'Gorman, will, uh, that's going to be a tough one for him yeah, to take, man. man. He looked so, so good over the first two rounds against Conor Hignett. But credit to Conor, that was a heavy, heavy shot he caught him with. My Jesus. Um, but look, it, it's Darren. I've said it before, man. Oh, when, he's, when, he, when he is... When he's at his best, man, he looks incredible. And I feel like this has happened a lot to him where he's looking great, he's looking great, and then he mm. just gets caught like a, a moment of hesitation or whatever. And it's just um, – it's very tough for him. Um, I, I think he is um, an incredible skill set. Just Agreed. just very devastating the way that went down. What what a knockout it was for Conor Hignett. Yeah, it was an unbelievable shot. But like Conor Hignett was in a world of trouble in that second round. you know. And I think Darren O'Gorman, the frustration there for him – will be that he didn't get the finish when with the triangle there at one point. It was very close. There was just a few little adjustments he had to make in order to get the finish. But listen, look at Hignett, man. The fucking balls that guy showed in to, to hang in there in that second round. It was like three minutes, four minutes of the second round. It was probably mm-hmm. a 10-8 round in my scorecard for 
um, Darren O'Gorman. Could O'Gorman. you imagine how O'Gorman is feeling about that today? Yeah, because oh he, he, he literally looked unbelievable in the first, second round. Again, both guys came out swinging for the fences earlier on in the first, settled down. Second round, we saw um, how good Darren's grappling was. It was a really good all-round performance. And then he just stand, you know, they stand up in that third and, and, he, and he gets clipped, I think, what, 15, 20 seconds into the final round. And he must be absolutely gutted. And I wouldn't be surprised if his legs went probably in that second round. He was in the triangle for so long. He was he was really trying for the finish and just couldn't get it. But yeah, it's just unfortunate for Darren. As you said, he's never in a bad fight, that guy. And it's just a few minor adjustments, I think, that'll uh, get him over the line. He's a cracking fighter to watch, man. Really good. He is. Adam Aversinger is starting to look like Savage, the man. promise. Well, this guy, when he was going pro, um, it was nearly like that kind of... Franz Malambo situation yeah. where they wanted to rush him into like fight the champs nearly straight away. He was that good. Um, I think you have losses early in your career. They're necessary speed bumps to kind yeah. of to make you realize that the value of experience. And he looked fucking unbelievable against Jake Bond. What a finish! Uh, a buzzer beater KO. Probably, absolutely pr- delicious. Probably the most impressive all round striking performance we saw. Um, and there was a good on, view on, on the night. Well. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, just yeah. it was just so technical, and obviously, you know, a lot has to do with his his brother, who was in the Ultimate Fighter, Dean, and he's a big coach, obviously there in the uh, in the UK scene, and he just looked so polished, man, with a stand up. It was really, really impressive the the technical aspects of it, and uh, unreal. W- watch out for that kid; he's gone places. Absolutely. Um, James Hendon looked incredible as well against Chris Edwards. An absolute grappling masterclass. We talk about a striking masterclass with Armand Singer. Uh, Hendon was absolutely unbelievable. Like Chris Edwards' 25th fight. I believe Brad Wharton said yeah. it was um, Edwards' 16th fight in, in Cage Warriors or something. Yeah. And Hendon goes in his fifth professional fight and absolutely fucking ragdolls. Yeah. A guy of his experience, I, I, am, I cannot tell you. How excited I am about James Hendon after seeing that. I believe he's only 22 years of age as well. Is That's that incredible. all he is? Holy shit, man. Holy shit. Yeah, listen, there's, there's, there's a, a row of He wasn't even there. breathing hard. He, was, he, he no. wrestled for 15 minutes. He wasn't even breathing hard. It looked like he wasn't even sweating. And Chris no. Edwards fucking, like, he's a tricky guy. Like, I mean, you're not going to be, you shouldn't be able to completely dominate a guy of uh, his experience, you know? You gave him a seminar at one point, I believe. Is, is that correct? No comment. Okay, no comment. all right. Well, there uh, we go. There we go. That's where the... He should give me give me he should give me a seminar on on what he's doing with his curly hair because his looks fantastic and mine looks like shit. um, It was impressive, man. Very impressive. Just the whole night, I thought was you know some we 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 had a lovely mix. I think of fighters there, young lads coming up and and the older crew. Lovely stoppage yeah. earlier in the first, and then uh, Kingsley Crawford with the triangle finish of Lewis Monarch just to top it off there. yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of casualties. The week was crazy. Uh, Samir Fadin was meant to have his uh, flyweight title fight. Um, mm. You know, it's and obviously Morgan Charrier, that's devastating for him, man. I feel like he's he's just about to take off, and he he had extra he had extra kind of he left earlier because he felt as though France was going to go into lockdown just to be there. And then um, I think you know Graham, you know, Graham did point out in fair. I think we were sort of expecting that this week, you and I as well. You know, looking out for fights that weren't going to happen because of the situation. It was just inevitable. Very unfortunate. Morgan will get his chance again, man. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's just a crazy, crazy situation, man. But um, look, it was great to see Paddy Pimblett return to the win column. Um, I've been texting Paddy about what kind of food he's eaten ever since. Uh, his victory during I, I was doing it to Joe McCulligan to lead up to uh, the Jones fight as well. I am fascinated by fighters and what they eat. Um, 
when they can eat again after after weeks and weeks of you know eating as Paddy calls it chicken pepper scran. Um, you know you get to eat you get the pig out on uh, Mickey D's. So let's have a have a chat with Paddy Pimlet, which is mostly based around food. But um, we'll be back in about fifteen minutes. And you've been asking for it, and we have got him back. It is the great Paddy Pimblett who returned to the win column in Manchester last weekend. An amazing victory over Decky Dalton. Extremely one-sided, as he predicted uh, when I spoke to him um, before the fight. But, Paddy, tell me how good does that feel? 18 months, you've been waiting to get back in that win column, been waiting to fight. How good did it feel to get it done in such emphatic fashion at the weekend? Ah, uh, great. Couldn't, couldn't beat it, no, I mean, could beat it like if there was a crowd there, obviously, but <laughs> couldn't, just uh, needed to get done, no, I mean, it did. I'm just made up, I got back in there, should have happened in November, but, you know, I got put back and it was halfway off the way, to be honest, especially yeah. after all the uncertainty in the week, it was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty mad one. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it there, the uncertainty during the week. Three different opponents again. This is becoming more and more commonplace for you, of course, that this keeps happening now. Obviously, one of your opponents had to pull out because of the travel ban in Italy. But, you know, how close are you to kind of losing it? Like, just going here, I'm not doing this when when all this stuff is going down. Because I'd say it's very easy. On on the Sunday when Molly's fight got cancelled, I thought ours is next. Mm -hmm. I was sitting there and there was some cake and ours was just looking at this cake. And looking at me dry ch- chicken and peppers, scran and we liters of water I had to drink, thinking, what one should I go for here? Yeah. Is this going to be on? I had to just keep drinking water and eating plain chicken and peppers. And they, they, like, I mean, was it was it just that you were in communication with Graham? Did did he kind of give you the confidence uh, that it was? Yeah, uh, I was place? always speaking. Yeah, and and Ian, know what I mean? Always speaking to Ian. <laughs> It was good for me that it got me with the Manchester anyway. It was only down the road. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Half yeah. an hour away. Did it did it kind of motivate you at all, Paddy, when, when there was so much talk about Decky? Um you know, there there was like I mean when when that fight was announced, people were like, Oh well this is the one we've been waiting for. Uh Decky's gonna find out uh Decky's gonna be able to um you know hurt Paddy when he's in there. His striking's on a different level. Does that motivate you when, when people doubt you like that? Yeah, it does, of course. That makes makes you want to do it more. You know what I mean? I wanted to stay on the feet longer with him. He threw a few like kicks and I checked every single one of them. I, uh, he hit me with a left hook, which woke me up. You know what I mean? I always, Paul always says that you need to get it to wake up. And he hit me with a left hook over the top. And I thought, yeah, so I'm with him. And then I hit him with a one-two down in the middle and seen his face mark up, stays away. So I thought, yeah, but what happened to you? And then he threw that kick and went on his back and from there it was just light work. From there it was just like we'd done that and the changes, the rolling them over, jumping on the back. We were doing it with the arm strap and stuff, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And I, and I wonder... Went like... over all of that and I said to Paul, if I'm not going to hunt a choke like I have in the past, I'm going to flatten them out and I'm going to pound them so the ref stops it and that's exactly what happened. Yes, it was incredibly one-sided, uh, to, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, you, you mentioned at the very start of this interview, Paddy, you, your your presence at these cards is, is like nothing else um, we've seen in Cage Warriors. And, of course, you came out to uh, your usual track, your usual entrance, always electrifying, but obviously very different without the crowd there. How did that feel for you? I'd say it was bizarre. Yeah, it was, it was a bit bizarre, like, to be honest. It was strange, but it was one of them, mothers. I'm still getting in there to have a fight, and it was 
you just have to get in there. It was a bit like a spa at the same time, but it wasn't because it's a fight. You know what I mean? You don't need to hurt one another. You don't need to like, try and inflict as much damage so the ref stops the fight. And you obviously have this moment then when you win, and I'm sure it's like this amazing release of emotion. And you're probably used to having crowd like losing their minds in Liverpool, sold out echo, and then you're there celebrating. Is that is that a weird feeling when it's like there's the the there's not really that energy in the room that you're used to? I just waited being so long. I just went bananas anyway. <laughs> myself. Started dancing and all that. I couldn't even couldn't even remember dancing and then and just done it. But I, uh, like, it was funny when I was, I heard Paul singing me song behind me when he was in the corner. Wow. It was funny. So Does it feel the same? Does it still feel like a win? Like, I mean, you've been the the highest of the highs in this sport. Does it does it is it deflated at all because, you know, it was behind closed doors and you didn't get that that feeling from the crowd or does it feel like every other yeah. win? It's still it's still a win though. I mean, you know, I knew no one's about the fight and he didn't want to test me. So I was laughing when there was a lot of Irish people saying that he's gonna test me and stuff. I was thinking, what if you've been smoking? Because that is some good shit. <laughs> like he's just there's levels to this shit, you know what I mean? And like, no one from that gym is on my level. Like, McCollum isn't. He quit the other night. Like, I, I, I respect him and that. You know, he's, he's a good fighter, but he's just not on my level. What is next for you, though, Paddy? Like, I mean, we, we've talked about this. The UFC question has been. Uh you know, in the background throughout your career, um, you know, and there's also now Mason Jones, obviously, you just win the t- won the title. I know that European fans would bite your hand off to see that fight between you and Mason. What, what way do you feel it's going to go from here? I really don't know, to be honest. I can't think of anything at the minute until this Corona stuff goes out, out the way because we don't even know when the next MMA show is going to be. So is so it just a matter of... Of waiting at the moment, do you do you think? Yeah, just gotta wait. Just hold on, wait. And I'm gonna have to buy some kettlebells, grab some dumbbells for that, because I want to end up strapping. It is a it is a fear, right? Like I find myself. Uh, I was texting you before this. Um, ever since this quarantine kicked in, I, I've just been stuffing my face, man. It's um, it's quite bad. I mean, it's, do you feel like for this? Seen the amount of shit I've got on my story before. All the chocolate. <laughs> Lad, I've got chocolate, cereal, I've got all chicken fillet burgers in the freezer ready. All different fucking fries, curly fries, them crisscross fries. Lad, I'm prepared. I got 16 magnums for a five the other day, lad. That's a bargain. That's an absolute bargain. Bargain. Absolute bargain, lad. Talk me through with your meal since, right? So you've obviously been, as you said, you're eating chicken and peppers. Um, you know, you're, you're keeping your weight down. And you look great. Like, Jesus, you looked in, in the best physical shape of your life, I'd say, when you weighed in the other day. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm in the best physical Well, I was. I'm not now. I'm 85 years. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I was in the best shape of my life today, and um, what has happened since? You've sent me some pictures. I saw the picture of this immense fry-up you had. Just talk me through uh, the day after the, the days after the fight. What what have been the exceptional eats that you've taken I tried in? To, I, tried to, I tried to have a scan on the Thursday night. Like I went for the... I had like all week of extra stuff in the day and so we, we threw it off, fuel up and 
some of the little bars and stuff for Pony he told me to have, but then we tried to go for an Italian. After I had it, and I went, and I only had half my pasta, and I don't want the calzone as well. So I had to take half my pasta in the calzone home. But then the next day, when I had four, I had like 12, 14 chocolate bars, something like that. Like Reese's and Whisper Golds and White Twixes. Mm. And these white Oreo chocolate bars they brought out. White Dairy Milk Oreo, lad, unbelievable. <laughs> is your body, like, I mean, when you're eating so little, like, I mean, the calorie deficit is so low, does it take your your body a while to get used to eating big amounts again? Yeah, I've been, I've been getting in food comas, lad. Like, you see me, Becky. That was And then I had all. Yeah, me bad, my dad does them, lad. She does a naughty Becky, you know. <laughs> Where did you say you got that? Me, me dad's ma. Really? Yeah, that is. Jeez, I thought you were in a cafe. That was that was a serious, serious bread that you got put out there. My God. Yeah, she done a Kimbo roast yesterday as well. Pigs and blankets and that on. Oh my it was heavy. God. I'd like three Yorkshire puddings. <laughs> so you always this. Everybody knows basically. All the people around you know when it's void time is over. You're gonna get. You're gonna tear it up when it comes to food, right? So everybody's kind of around yeah. you is, is helping you uh, do this. Yeah, that, that is exactly what happens. So, bad, man. I feel sorry for them because for like eight weeks they've been eating meals and I'm having like chicken and veg in there, so she makes all sorts for me. What's left on the list? Is there anything else that you need to take care of? Like, do you have some go tos that you need to get in? Before uh, before you feel satisfied with your post fight feast, yeah, I've got like a list, but I won't be going to all them because everywhere's fucking shut. Lad. I'm gonna have to get a Mackie today before that shuts. Yeah, I mean, what a sign of the times, Paddy. I mean, if 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 there was one thing that shows me that this is ultra serious, it's the fact that Mackie's is closing. Exactly, right? it's only shut one day a year, lad, and they're shutting the doors. It's crazy. The golden arches, man. It's uh, it's a serious deal. What's your order? Talk me through. You told me yesterday that it's about twenty five pounds worth. That is a substantial, substantial order. It is like they've got all special bags on them. that so I'm gonna go. Gonna get two of them meals, lad, and then twenty nuggets and some cheese bites and shit like that. You you like to play with the sides, yeah? The cheese bites, the selects. Are you more of a nugget man or a select man? If you don't mind me asking. <sighs> nuggets, obviously, lad. Getting what? twenty of them, aren't you? <laughs> That's some good in it. Uh, would you Would you sit down and eat it all in one go, or would it be the type of thing you'd have to come back to? No, I reckon I could do that in one go. Mackie's doesn't really fill you up, lad. Does it? To be honest. It's still a lot of volume, though. You know what I mean? Like, when you're burger after burger, is it's a serious... Well, innings. I'm going to get that grand, grande Big Mac with bacon and extra cheese. Mm. Large one of them meals with a milkshake. Then a large one of the other burger. What's on now? The barbecue chicken, cheese and bacon. Large meal of that with a Coke. 20 nuggets. Box of them cheese bites. And a double cheese burger. That is that is serious, man. That is absolutely serious. Come here. What what did you, I saw you kind of uh, during the week when that event? There was like you know some people were giving out about it, and you kind of came out and you uh, you know you underlined the fact that all you fighters want to fight. Like, do you feel like now the event has come and gone? People are kind of over it now. Like you like you know they it's kind of. Do you think it needed to happen to let people see like that it that it was safe for you guys? Did you feel like it was safe uh, while you were doing it? Yeah, it was very safe, you know what I mean? I went down to watch Matt Bonner at one point and I got told that I couldn't, you know what I mean? I had to go back up to the changing room because they couldn't have so many people in there, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, oh yeah. And like, through just that, everything was proper, just precaution, precaution. 
and did you feel is it freak you out at all like when you're kind of skin to skin with another bloke like you know with the sweat everyone's so concerned about distance and stuff like that was that ever a worry for you at all well lad I didn't even get a sweat on one so I couldn't tell you <laughs> that on shoot must have felt like that with this blood everywhere that's what I was thinking I was literally watching that fight going like I'd say you know Fair play to you guys getting in there and doing it. I know you guys want to get in there and earn your money, but when he's covered in blood and and Bartos just on top of him basically for fifteen minutes, I was like, "Wow, that that would that would be playing in my head if I was him." Like, "Wow, why did I want to do this?" You know. I know, crazy like that was a mad amount of blood. That to be honest, I watched it back yesterday. And what did you think when you watched yourself? Like, how happy are you with the performance? I made up, no, I mean, I thought it was on, we, was, we was on the FIFA longer than we was, he was only on the FIFA like 30 seconds, really. <laughs> <laughs> but you did, I, like, I mean, I did notice that you did check all those leg kicks, like, I mean, you seem to be... It was, only, we only, it was only, like, three minutes long, weren't it? Mm. Didn't even realise it was Two minutes, quick. 51 seconds. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, But it's, um, about Mason and Joe, you know, you, you were telling me you were looking forward to that fight. What did you think? Did you think it delivered? Did you feel it was a good contest up until it, it was stopped by that big knee? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was all right leading up to that point, you know what I mean? But, like, people are saying fight at the year and that, and then it just ended in the first. Mm. And like I said, I respect both of them. I was speaking to both of them before, I wish them both luck and stuff like that. Mason was in my changing room. Uh, we both wished each other luck and stuff. Uh, but I just think... No, I'm not even saying, I don't even want to say nothing bad about Joe, I don't want anyone making a big fucking deal of it, but it just looked like he quit to me. Right. And do you feel like, I mean, has there been conversations with, with Graham about, like, you know, you and Mason would be a huge fight, that would be a huge fight for Mason's career as well, even though he's the champion right now, there is no bigger fight than you as far as I'm concerned. I mean, do you do you feel like... That, <laughs> That's it, lad, I am the money man when it comes to cage audience. I want to know how much that he got paid. <laughs> <laughs> I want a percentage. Do you, like, is it nearly, um, like, in your situation now, right, Paddy? Like, I mean, as we know, the UFC have been interested in you for a number of years. Um, and then there's that title. And it's a risky fight. Mason's a very good fighter. You've said it yourself. You know, you, you have a lot of respect for the guy. Is it nearly, like, a concern for you? Like, I'm risking a position here if I fight Mason. And Mason must feel the same way, right? Like, I'm, I've got the belt. That's usually the golden ticket. Is it a risk for you guys to fight each other and, and sacrifice the positions you're in right now? You could say that, yeah. You know what I mean, a lot of people would agree with you there. Mm. So, so you wouldn't be surprised if you guys were kind of sep- uh, put on separate trajectories, maybe? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest, because I think he's intensity too. Yes, of course. Yeah, it does, because if you have the same management company, of course, they'll have different plans for both of you. Is that what you kind of see? That's Yeah, that's what I see, like... How is uh did you get to speak to Molly at all? I know you were meant to you were meant to be headed. Yeah, I've been speaking to her, of course, you know what I mean? It's, it's fucking it's fucking heavy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? She's saying the fucking ass off of this. Yeah, she could have went to four and oh, a big fight, a huge fight for her. She's been in such great form and of course the money as well, right? Like I mean that's that's a huge I know. thing. She needs she needs paying lots <laughs> We were talking to her opponent, Ashley Evan Smith. Um, she had a crazy week. Um, you know, flying. Yeah, she got on a plane here just to get a plane straight back, didn't she? Yes, that's it's incredible, right? Like it's just Molly had a bad week though. You know, I swear she had a, a holiday booked and then that got cancelled on her way. She think it was Jamaica, oh and then she changed God. it to Mexico, and within twenty four hours, that got cancelled on her. Oh my god! The fights have been cancelled on her, and then she messaged me asking about this restaurant, this Granga. 
what's that place called, Pad? And then I sent to the incident and I looked at the incident and said, we have closed for a week. Oh, my God. And I was just like, oh, I couldn't get any worse. I felt so bad for you. Know? Yeah, it's rough. Do, do you feel like, I mean, I know, I know, obviously, you're not in the UFC or anything like that, but I feel like, you know, we, we talked to Jack Shaw last week and he was meant to be on that card and he was like, he, he does expect the UFC w- will kind of compensate them in, in, in some way, shape, or form. I'd like to think so, you know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be terrible if he didn't. Yeah, it would, it would. Um, but I wanted to ask you about something as well. Liverpool, is this season going to actually end? Are you going to get that Premier League title? Is this a concern yeah, for you? Yeah, of course. No, I'm not. I'm, loads of people are worrying about it. I'm not, to be honest. Lord. I'm not worried at all. The, the Premier League's with that much money that they're gonna they need to finish that for all the television rights and stuff, and the Euros is being put back now, so this season's getting finished. Even if the Champions League they end up doing what no like one game one knockout game in a different country, yeah. So like the quarters and the semis, they'll just do them as one-off games, I reckon, in a neutral ground. What are you going to do for entertainment? Like, I know you're such a huge football fan. You're at the stadium most weekends when Liverpool are playing there. It's a big part of your life, big part of your social sphere, right? Like, I mean... It's weird. Me and my brother have just been saying it before. You know, it's serious when, like, footy's getting stopped altogether and Mackey's is closing. Yeah. They're I'm... just they're just two, two regular everyday things. It's traumatising, really, when you think about it. Football all and my McDonald's. Mate too, all my mates who love a bet ladder and all their heads are gone. It's not to bet on, that's not to bet on. Yeah, my friend works, he works at a betting shop. He's been sent home for two weeks, but he said there's still racing on. He said there is still some little bit of racing. If, if you're if you're that desperate to find it, you, you'll be able Everyone's to Everyone's going to be hooked on the virtual dogs and the virtual horses. <laughs> is that what you're going to get into now, yeah? Is that what you're going to try and figure out the algorithm? Lad, I got a, I got Red Dead Redemption ages ago when it came out, lad, and I just didn't even, like, I played on it for about three hours. I forgot the buttons and everything, so if we do go into full quarantine, yeah, I'm going to just camp up in ours and play that with all my food. That sounds like a good idea, man. It's as good as any I've heard, anyway. <laughs> yeah, just, I haven't completed that, lad. That needs completing, lad. I'll just camp up in ours, lad. Loads of cereal, loads of chocolate, all my stuff out the freezer. Me Magnums, me Ben and Jerry's. I'm flying. <laughs> Paddy, um, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you as always. I hope you get your McDonald's. I'm sure it's going to be a fierce queue down there with a closing. Keaty, don't worry, lad. I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you a picture when I get <laughs> Thank this. God. Don't you worry. You're a legend, Paddy. Great to have you back in the win column. And uh, let's hope that we aren't on the sidelines for too long with this whole coronavirus situation, my friend. Tell me about it. Hopefully this is all blew over in three months and we can still get June 20th on the go or something in uh, London. Savage. Pretty Thanks so much, Paddy. I'll talk to you soon, man. Always, always a pleasure to speak to Paddy the Baddy. Uh, great to have him back. Uh, 18 months was a long, long time without the Baddy. And even though there was no crowd there... He still uh, gets the party started. It's just a weird. It's it's weird watching Paddy, isn't it? Walk out. Um, <laughs> usually, plays the has the place heaving in Liverpool. Ten thousand people losing their shit, and then he comes out with just this corner here. And it was it was mad. It was bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre to watch. On the afters as well. Then he was like screaming, just come fucking mental on the top of the yeah. cage, and there's no. That's there. what he said. I said to him, um, <laughs> I was like, "What was that like? Celebrating you twenty, twenty years there?" And he's like, ah, "I just went fucking mad anyway." <laughs> <laughs> he's a um, gas man. Gas man. You have to do. Um, but yeah, it's um, that could be the last bit of MMA for a long, long time, Noel McGrath. 
that's like, I mean, for for a month at least, would you say? Well, that's going to be the last event we see. Yeah, uh, listen, let, let's be honest, Pete. It's going to be a couple of months, I think, before um, we get to the, the the depths and the pits of this situation that's going on, and you're not going to see any MMA for. Maybe Habib Tony could be the first first fight, and that's going to be relocated. I don't know. I re- like listen. None of us know, but yeah, it's 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 shit times. But fuck it, you know, fuck it. I, well, like you know that that kind of attitude um, wins us this kind of coverage. Go online and look at some of these people. And this isn't a knock. This is just a fact. Yeah, the weakest, wimpiest people on earth cover the biggest, baddest sport on earth. Mister Dana White speaking about our profession. He wouldn't say that to my face. You'd be dug out of him. Oh, I'd, I'd take him down and he'd be... He'd be it'd be all Nile. <laughs> um, I I just... Oh, um, yeah, it's it's one of those ones, isn't it? You're just like, oh, like, what the fuck possesses him to come out with the shite that he comes out with at times? Like, it's... And, like, listen, there's going to be nerdy reporters in, in, in every sport. There is nerdy reporters in every sport. Like, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? That's just a fact. Like, the sports geeks, computer geeks, there's all that sort of shit, right? But calling a lot of the media the wimpiest, we, weakest people. Like, how many media members do we know that are absolute beasts and they're athletes? That, that, you know, like, what a stupid generalizing comment to make from Dana White. It's idiotic and idiotic to the highest extreme under the circumstances as well. Um, you know, he's giving us shit for saying the UFC shouldn't be going forward with these events. And I've been very conflicted and I've been deadly honest with people about it, right? But to come out and say that is absolutely fucking stupid in the light of the situation, um, in light of what's gone on in, 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 you know, our friends in Italy. It's just so thoughtless, uh, disrespectful comment to come out of Dana White's mouth. Appalling. Do you know what I say to that, Noel? I say, listen, the media can talk as much shit as they yeah. want. They don't feed families. They don't take care of fucking people. They don't have people that count on them. They don't have people to support. What do you say to that? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what are we? Like, some type of bacteria yeah. that lives underneath tables now? Well, well that's know. it. Like, he, he's referring to us <laughs> as the fucking coronavirus. Like, just... they, don't have, they don't have people to support. They don't have people that count on them. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, like it, it's just mental. It's absolutely You're crazy. talking about us like we're fucking, uh, you're a moy puppy Reggie or something. You know what I mean? But on the large scale, PT, that is a massive problem in MMA. You know, a lot of the time, you know, and, and we've often talked about this, a lot of fighters don't know how to handle the media and promoters don't know how to handle the media. And like Dana should have learned by now, especially him being the most recognizable promoter in mixed martial arts, one of the most recognizable promoters in the world, full stop. You know, cop on but when you're coming out with shit like that in, in the light of the situation. We always say that um, a promoter's job is being heard, uh, is getting their head out there. Is this just another thing he's using to generate more uh, headlines? Yeah, because there's nothing else to, to, show, to have headlines about. To show that UFC are going to be the, the sport that keeps going, so to speak. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And like, I think that's another reason why Dana was so persistent with putting all those fight cards, because people are going to be talking regardless. you know. And, and there's no actual fights taking place at the moment, so he needs um, to come out and say something. And as they say, you know, it, but no, no, no PR is... is, is uh, Bad PR, whatever the fuck. What's, how does that go again? That's saying press, press. no press. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so no like such that, thing as bad press. Yes, yeah, no such go. thing as bad press. There. So that's what, what Dana's looking at and thinking about. But seriously, stupid comments. Like, come on, get a grip. Despite despite all the uh, criticism of you know uh, UFC trying to be a, yeah. a major sport, so to speak, and then being the only sport that hasn't really 
um, made a big gesture until it was absolutely forced <laughs> on them. As Dana pointed out on uh, ESPN, he says um, in terms of their reaction to coronavirus, we're doing the right thing as far as medical testing goes on everything. That's all we fucking do. That's nothing new. We were doing that shit before the coronavirus. Mm. We were taking care of people and making sure that everybody is healthy. Every fight that's with me on the road is getting much better it medical means nothing. than they are at home if they're with me. It with means them. nothing. It's a, This is a virus, a worldwide pandemic. It means nothing what you've done in the past. It's here and now, Dana White. That's the bottom line. And you should be dealing with what's in front of you, not what's behind you. And that's pretty much it. So um, Here's another one. <laughs> So we know what happened to Leon, right? Like we were talking about it earlier. So this is what he says, like in terms of athletes, the the welfare of the athletes. I told our whole roster, if you or your loved ones have any type of situations or anything wrong, call me. I'll do everything in my power to make sure you get taken care of. You were rushing him into a situation where he was going to be away from his family for possibly like (laughs) half a month just for going over and fighting on a whim some fucking Indian reservation. Come on, man. Yeah, contradictions galore there, so... Dana White all over, mate. I don't, listen, we could go on about this all day, but the bottom line is it's Dana White. You know what you're getting half the time with Dana. and that's This isn't... Um, Mike Chiapetta wrote a great feature about this when it began. It was nearly... It, it came out last week. Um, I think it was the day after we did Eurobash. But he was kind of saying, like, Dana White... Um, people... Like, say, the, the press are saying, you know, if every other major sport in the world is being called up, yeah, the UFC should call their events in, in terms of... To, to try and keep their athletes healthy, to try and, um, you know, being the flag bearer of the sport, um, yeah. so to speak, in the mainstream media, just to show that, you know, this is a global situation that they're aware of and they're taking the necessary precautions. Um, Mike Chiapetta, like, obviously is saying that's what journalists are coming at this at, mm. but Dana's taken it as a personal insult. He's taken it as if to say, like, oh, yeah, like, oh, you're going to tell me what to do, where it's not like, no, 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 like, this isn't about you, this is about the world. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's seeing this as as a personal yeah, attack on him. Yeah. Um, do you think that's where his mind is at now? That's why he's like, this is happening because he feels as though for his ego he needs to make it happen. No, I don't think it is. And I uh, yeah, to an extent it is possibly his ego, but it's more I think about him trying to fill that market, that empty market in the sports market. It goes back to all the the, the things by pay per view, uh, talk like that because once he's been talked about. The sport's been talked about. It's mixed martial arts. It's UFC. It's the sport that's always got shot on, as we spoke about last week, um, by the mainstream media to a certain extent. And Dana has always had that chip on his shoulder. So maybe it's coming from that line of thought. Um, you know, it is an ignorant line of thought to, to many, um, including myself. But I think there's sort of um, a greater plan for Dana White beneath this all. And I think the plan is to keep the UFC in that mainstream talk at the moment. And, and, and I, I still I, I still think he's going to go ahead and try and get this fight on uh, UFC 249. Okay. Um, so ahead of the Cage Warriors fight, there was a lot of controversy. And now we spoke today after the event, and we're saying it's actually quite nice. It's a nice breath of fresh air. Yeah. What way would UFC 249, or whatever way it's going to be called, Habib v. Tony, what way would that be received if it does go ahead? Um, obviously, when we're talking about UFC, we're talking about again the 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 flag bearer of the sport in the world. Uh, people often think UFC is a sport, oh. not MMA. Um, what are the ramifications of that going ahead? Uh, would it be a similar reaction in the aftermath than Cage Warriors getting from the MMA community? Because I feel as though 
it's not going to be just the MMA community talking about Habib and Tony. It's going to be but, all that casual interest. And what type of criticism will that bring to the table? Can I just has Cage Warriors really taken that much of a backlash for putting that card on? No, I don't think it has. Oh, definitely in the lead up to it. Yeah, I mean, no, several, no since, um, since it's happened. No, not no, really. since it's happened, it hasn't. No, I haven't seen anyone uh, losing their shit. Yeah, well, well, that's what I think with the UFC. And I mentioned earlier on there, I think they might go ahead and press with this fight card and just do it literally, um, you know, a one fight fight card. Um, because I think he's that desperate to put it over the line, that desperate to fill the space, put something in there. And I think it goes, you know, that would say to me that the UFC are, are probably being a bit more vigilant if they do, you know, one person fight card uh, or, t- you know, just one fight card. Because you're obviously eliminating the amount of people that are going to be there. So, you know, th- that would be the line I think they would have to go forward to try have- and force through this fight. Oh, they have several venues on the go on the one night, and well, then put one that. fight there, one fight there, that's one a, fight that's there. That's a very, very good call. I didn't even think about that. That's an excellent call, and you know, possibly depending on you know what states clear up, and you know, whether, well, you don't need a big venue if it's going to be behind closed doors either. You don't, but you have you know you have athletic commissions as well, Pete. So we have to remember that are banning all sanctioned martial arts bates in the US, you know, for for suspending them for certain dates like Nevada have at the moment. So I, you know. Realistically, if this fight is going to happen, it's going to be outside the US. But that is a very, very good call. They could, you know, do different locations if they can somehow find that. And Saudi Arabia has been mentioned as well, which I think could be definitely a venue for or, or, or Russia. But yeah, you know, that is a call. But they're going to have to approach this totally with the safety of their staff and fighters at mind in relation to putting on, as you said, potentially. Uh, different fights in multiple cities, and I think that is the only way forward. Or to do obviously that one fight card. Right now, uh, let's talk to a man who hopes to be having uh, a conversation with Dana White and his as um, matchmakers uh, soon. It's Mr. Mason Jones, a new Cage Warriors lightweight champion. Uh, great crack with Mason. Great to talk to him. Great to get to know him more. Obviously, a lad with a huge future ahead of him. I feel like he is now uh, the flag bearer for Wales in Cage Warriors. And that's a huge deal because, of course, um, Jack Shaw having come from that lineage, Brett Johns, uh, Jack Marshman, John Phillips. I mean, um, he is the next guy. He is the guy everyone's talking about. Um, I can imagine that an event with him in Cardiff before he gets that big uh, UFC call-up would be absolutely tremendous for him. And let's hope he gets that UFC veteran he was looking for. A fantastic, fantastic performance against Joe McCulgan, a fantastic finish. Um, And look, we'll talk to Mason. Mason will be back in about 20 minutes. We are now joined by the new Cage Warriors lightweight champion, Mason Jones, who grasped the title in Manchester on Friday with a first-round finish of Joe McColgan and had an event like no other. Mason, how are you, first of all? How have the, how have the celebrations been? Well, just the introduction sounds amazing to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm over, over the moon, to be honest. I haven't really... It still haven't sunk in completely. Um, obviously after everything in it just snowballed but um, yeah everything's been amazing so after the fight um, Cage Warriors really didn't want us really sticking around um, we were rushed to see a doctor um, straight away rushed back to change rooms and they were just sort of like grab your stuff and make your way out sort of thing like they wanted minimum people in the venue as possible so my dad was outside waiting to pick us up um, after after I finished my brother said he literally spear tackled my mom on on the sofa, um, knocked some drinks over and threw everything in, in into the air, and then went running out. So um, he Amazing. come and picked us up, and he was waiting outside for us, and um, everyone was over the moon. And um, they surprised me. They um, 
they had booked a, a yacht for um, all the coaches and the family. So um, straight after the fight, they went back and they surprised me there. And um, we had a bit of a yacht party and um, everyone was celebrating and everyone had a bit too much to drink. And <laughs> Living the high only... yacht parties already, Mason, huh? Jeez. I know. It was only me and my coach because I, 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 I don't drink at all. I don't. I've um, been teetotal for like three years. And um, my S&C coach, he's been teetotal for coming up 20-something years. So um, the two of us was the own, own, only ones who wouldn't drink in. So um, we made sure everyone got home okay. And then um, me and my girlfriend, had a, we had a nice sleep in. And it, it, it was just really nice to um, obviously celebrate my coaches. And um, my coaches, they were over the moon. Um, they obviously was their first world championship as well. Um, so their first world champions, so they're all over, over over the moon. Yeah, I mean, it's just been. You know, I'm guessing. Like, look, look, we talked about this before the fight. You've been dreaming about this moment for a long, long time. You finally get that belt wrapped around your waist. You're one of the most hyped fighters in the UK, and there's no one there in the crowd. Tell me what that feeling's like when this is amazing moment has just happened, and you're looking to celebrate with the crowd, right? And there's just nobody there. What what's that like? Well, I, <laughs> I clipped him with a knee, and I remember I sort of like, it like I didn't expect him to go down. Um, like I, I, I just caught him flush. Like, um, mm. like, like Joe was out. There, um, it wasn't a time where he was going to defend. Like Joe was done. There was, there was nothing there after. So, um, I remember I sort of like went to celebrate, and I was just thinking, well, what am I going to do? And then um, I seen my coach trying to climb over the cage. So, I, so I literally just ran over and jumped on them, and then um, I like snapped his glass i think and like the arm on it bend all the armor on his glasses and then oh, i jumped no. on my other coaches and ah oh, they didn't mind they were all over the moon <laughs> but um yeah it was it was different obviously because um i would like to have celebrated with um obviously the crowd and stuff but um i was just over over the moon and it actually worked out quite better for this one like my 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 um my best friend is really sick at the moment he's got um transverse mellitus so he um he went from being perfectly healthy to paralyzed in like twelve hours. Like it was, it was ridiculous. So he's oh. um, in hospital. He's recovering. Um, he's got movement. Um, he's been in about five months, I think. He's got movement in his um, in his arms and his legs. Now he's starting to come back around, but um, it's going to be another twelve months before he's back on his feet and stuff. So wow. he was devastated. The fact that like sort of the title fight come up and he wouldn't be able to watch it. So um, I think, to be honest, this worked out really, really went well for us because. Even um, he was gutted. He couldn't miss a fight. Then when he found out it was a title, he was the first person I went to see. And he was over the moon for me, but he was really, really gutted. So the fact that no one else was allowed to see it sort of made it better. And um, after the fight, um, I did an interview and um, uh, sort of told everyone that obviously the fight was for him and that um, that um, I was gutted he wasn't there and that hopefully if June goes ahead, um, we could sort it out and get him sort of front row seats, um, Graham. We'll sort it out. I, I know he, he would. There's no problem there. And um, as soon as I finished um, and the doctor had finished me, I give him a call and sort of he was crying on the phone. He was over, over, over the moon for me. So um, it was sort of the, the best of a bad situation. And um, I think obviously if the rest of the boys would have been there watching and he wouldn't have, I think it would have upset him more than anything else. So it all come together and it's sort of strange situation, but it, it, it worked out well. So, so you don't feel, um, you know, deflated by the situation or anything like that. It sounds like you're pretty content. And and can I just say how selfless of you to be thinking of your friend in this moment uh, where you've 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 been chasing something for a long, long time and you get it, and and he's the first person you think of. I think that's incredibly admirable. Uh, so fair play to you for that, Mason. Well, the, the thing is with me, like <laughs> the belt is good, but um, 
like I was looking forward to the fight. Like I couldn't wait to throw down with Joe because I knew Joe was game. So I knew it was going to be an aggressive fight. I knew it was going to be exciting. And um, like um, my my mum and dad said me after afterwards, they said if that had gone on for another round, they said it would have been probably like one of the most exciting fights because the two of us were just not willing to back up. And um, like I was smart with my game plan, I knew exactly what I needed to do, um, and I finished it. But as soon as like I I clipped him, and as soon as he was the ref stepped in, it was sort of it's sort of like a deflation for me. I sort of like have to switch on and think, what am I going to say? Like um, I remember when Graham was wrapping the the belt around my waist, like my girlfriend said, "You forgot to smile," and it was like I was I was so happy. But it's like I need to remember what I need to say now. Um, well, try yeah. and make sure that you phrase everything the right way, and that's just the way I I I, I look at things. It's always on to the next thing, and. Um, now I just can't wait for all this to die down so I can get back in the gym and hopefully everyone will be, when everything gets back to normal and then no one's sick anymore, we can sort out June and um, get a first defence on the cards because I just want to get back fighting already. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the fight. It was an absolutely tremendous fight, um, you and Joe. I-, I loved it for as long as it was going. As you said, yeah, it would have been great if I had it continued. Obviously, obviously, you caught him with that beautiful knee, but it was a, it was a fantastic fight to watch. I mean, has, has McCulligan earned your respect after being in there with him? Oh yeah, any man who steps foot in 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 that cage earns my respect. Um, I it doesn't matter what level it is, doesn't matter whether it's UFC cage or it is or whether it's um a small show. Um, if you step in that cage and you fight someone, then um you earn tremendous respect for me. But um, for Joe to take a fight on short notice against someone like me, like people have been turning me down. Like I've been rejected. I wonder why, Mason. Times. You're a former professional boxer, <laughs> a black belt in judo, black belt in jujitsu. It's terrifying. It's a terrifying ordeal. I imagine. <laughs> and I love a scrap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, why are people turning down fights with Mason Jones? Yeah. I think I I can think of a few things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so much respect for him, and um, he he was obviously game for it, and he was strong. Like um, I tried moving him a few times, um, not so much like I tried taking him down, but more so I just wanted to get him unsteady on his feet, get his weight moving, and just stop him from counterattacking while I worked his legs. Like my my old game plan was to go in, it was to smash his front leg as much as possible, get him slowing down so that he plants his feet more. Um, after his fights, I noticed that as soon as he starts taking shots on the legs, he slows down. And as soon as he can slow down, I I I'll control the movement, and um, like I knew that that would have been the end for him. And like leading up to it, if if you watch the fight back, um, I hit him with the the leg kick just before, and um, that hurt him. And then I caught him with an overhand left, and um, that was sort of what when I started pr- pressing on. Then he sort of you see him look down a little bit, and that was the end of it. Then as soon as he took his eyes off off me, I knew that. I always know he's open to uppercuts and knees, so I knew he was going to go in eventually. It was just sort of like I wanted to damage him a little bit, get him in pain, make him stop thinking what's coming, and then throw some wild shots at, at the sides to get him to shell up, and I knew that knee would come through flesh. And like I said, I didn't expect to catch him so clean because I caught him. Clean. It wasn't as if... It, I, I, it, it wasn't so much as dropped him as his legs crumpled un, underneath him, and like obviously the follow-ups were more so for the ref to see. Um, it it wasn't any necessary on my part to obviously be too malicious and everything because he was done. So it was just more so show the ref that he's ready, that he's done. And um, that was the end, end of that. I got to ask you, um, because there was some criticism for the Cage Warriors event in the lead up to it. Um, some people were saying, oh, this is unsafe. You're, you're, you're risking the fighters' um, health by doing this during this corona epidemic, um, pandemic, excuse me. I was wondering, can you, could you talk me through it? Did you feel safe throughout the, the process? As you said there earlier, you know, they weren't letting you guys hang around and celebrate. They got you straight out of there, which is um, obviously 
uh, big in terms of what they were trying to do uh, for safety. And I know there was extra precautions at the weigh-in. Can you can you talk me through uh, how you felt and, and what kind of safety uh, precautions they went through there? Yeah, I got really fed up again, tested to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was through my head, and um, we um, so we turn up the weigh-ins. Normally, weigh-in is an open thing. Um, they invite all the fighters to come in, and you sort of wait your turn. They limited um access to the weigh-in, so it was only um, they did main card at one o'clock. Then they did some of the prelims later than I believe. I'm not sure what time because I wasn't there. And then after that, they brought and um, the rest of them in the way. So they split into two or three groups. Um, at the weigh-ins, then you were um after you weighed in, did you face to face? You were um your temperature tested and um they checked you for symptoms. Um, you had to be signed off by a doctor, and then um. They straight away they asked us to leave the premises. They said, "Please stay in your in your hotel rooms. We don't want you wandering around Manchester. We prefer you to stay in. Obviously, we can't enforce that, but please do not leave." Um, there's there's a bus to collect you at this time. We don't want you going anywhere else, and that's all it. Um, I went and met my family, and we went straight from the car straight to their apartment. So um, we said we'd meet them there; it wouldn't be a problem, and they were okay with that as long as they said, "Look, just don't go wandering around. Make sure you're you're, in, you're confined." Um, we went from. Straight to the venue, I had to be there for four o'clock for the meeting. Um, they do a pre-fight meeting every time. So they brought us there. Um, we had the the sort of the chat off Graham about everything was going on. And he said, listen, he said, there's a black curtain around the cage. You can all go see now. He said, when the fights start, he said, you stay in your change rooms. He said, if we see anywhere around there, he said, you'll be banned from a cage while you show. He said, wow. you're not to come down. He said, no one's to watch. He said, no one's allowed in. He said, all I want to see on that night, he said, is the corner crew and our team. He said, anywhere else, he said, and literally, he said, you'll be banned off cage warriors. He said, it's no joking, Matt. He said, you stay away. Um, as soon as the speech was done, me, myself, and my coaches all had, all had to be tested for um, symptoms again. And then um, uh, when we signed off by the doctor, and then they said, look, you can um, main card, you can, um, you can, if there's cars outside, you can go, he said, and then you have to be back for 7 o'clock. So when we come back at 7 o'clock, there's a security guard on the gate making sure that there was no one getting into the anywhere near the venue without um, your name on, on a sheet. Then to get into the venue, there was security taking us all off. So myself, my coaches all had, all had to get ticked off and get bans before we could come in the premises. And then we was escorted. We weren't allowed to wander on your own. Escorted straight up your change rooms and told you're not leaving until you fight. And then obviously as soon as you fight, you, you we were escorted out pretty wow. much. That so sounds, um, sounds like a really unique experience more than anything. Well, well, it, it, it was quite mili- um, military the way they mm. did ev- everything, and I I personally can't think of any other way they could have made it safer. Um, we was limited contact with ev- ev- everyone. There was no you weren't allowed to wander in, in anywhere. You weren't allowed to watch the fight so much as they wanted to keep you separated. And obviously, with the different change rooms and stuff, they um, they limited contact as much as possible. And um, um, after the fight, they um, obviously they give us our medals, checks, and um, they paid us some money, and then um, they asked us to leave. So I was over the moon with the way it, it, it was run. Um, it was a different environment than um, obviously most MMA shows, but it was a good experience for me. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed my walkout. I enjoyed the fight, and obviously I enjoyed the celebrations. But um, and you're feeling good now, Mason. All good, uh, health wise. I'm got bruise on me. Nice change. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no bruises. No, um, I had a bit of a limp afterward, just from where I was dropping the right leg few few times. I'm sure I caught, I caught something bony of his. So I don't know whether I clashed shins him or caught his knee. But um, I had a little bit of blood under my shin. But um, that was literally 
I think by the time we got back and I started moving my leg around again, it was all moving nice and smoothly. So it's probably, um, apart from the, the Desme fight, this is probably the, the, the best I felt afterwards. But then that's sort of my style for so the higher level opposition I have, the better I fight. Right. So like um, the Desme fight, the Joe fight, they've been two of my easiest fights and they've been so, I would say, they're two of the hardest opponents I've fought mm. and they're both the toughest. And it just sort of seems to be like the, I've always been the same. So the better opposition I fight, the better I perform. Um, whereas like the Alexi fight, I come up with two catches because like I, I treated him as a um, really tough opponent. And I come in and when I started landing on him and I was blocking his shots and felt this power and realized that he didn't really have as much, I started stepping into trade with him more and more rather than staying clean and picking him up and moving like I did with the Desme sort of thing. Right. I started taking a few to give a few because I just wasn't, I had no respect for his power. And then um, obviously that's how you end up cut. But with Joe, <laughs> I knew how dangerous Joe was. So I made sure I was sticking clean, sticking clean. And everything he was throwing, I, like apart from he threw a lovely left hook into a right leg kick, nothing else really landed. Like everything was sort of off the guard or it was coming around the sides and everything was tucked in against the glove. So every, everything felt perfect, to be honest. Like um, I was a bit slow starting, but um, I was happy with the pace because I knew that I still hadn't, pushed it as hard as I could like I knew I could have pushed it up levels and levels like by the time I finished I wasn't even sweating yeah so incredible yeah but I mean in terms of your health and in terms of like the coronavirus symptoms none of that nothing no nothing at all it's still nothing yet great well it's four days since so I mean that's when they said it's going to show up right so that that's all very promising signs my friend yeah promising um it's perfect to be honest and um, I'm just so happy Cage Warriors managed to go ahead and like I said the way they did it was ex- exemplary you know what What this is one thing that we're, we're thinking about and we have Paddy Pimblett on the show this week he was talking about you earlier and he was saying you know he taught you had a brilliant performance so it was a great fight um, but he said he wouldn't be too sure that you guys will be the next championship fight he said as both of you guys are with intensity management he said it might not be what they will go for next obviously graham at the helm of that management promotion at uh, the management company as well what do you think are you even kind of looking to the next step or are you just enjoying what's happened uh, at the moment i'm always looking to the next step and um like i said i'm hoping i can defend in june well, who they're against is obviously out of my hands um if they offer me paddy i'd sign um it, I would love to fight the next UFC guy, to be honest. Because, um, obviously, it's the same situation Jai was in when I was coming through. Like, you can you can fight the next Nintendo or you can fight the next UFC guy. Like, you're going to pick an ex-UFC guy. Because eventually, like, by the end of this year, I, I want to be in UFC. Like, that's that's my game plan. That's that's my goal is to be in UFC. Whether it is the end of this year, whether it's next year, like, doesn't mean I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fight. Because I'll fight as many times as they can get me on a card. I'll fight June. I'll fight September. <laughs> yeah. And I'll fight again before the end of the year if I can. But um, obviously, I have to be looking to the future as well. And um, I'd love to fight a, a vet and obviously get signed. And then I'd love to, or, or I'd love to fight a vet in Cardiff or a challenger in Cardiff, and amazing. then fight again. And then obviously, then go. Well, whatever happens is just obviously UFC is there now. Where I've won the belt, I'm happy to defend. But I do want to start looking for bigger things. It's the statement you need, right? Like, I mean, er- historically, you get the Cage Warriors belt. The only thing you can do to put yourself um, in the shop window more so than that is be the guy that's already made it to those big leads. Is that is that the way you're seeing it? That's the statement that will take you that little bit f- uh, closer to that contract? Definitely. 
and um, obviously the way I fight, I always go in to make an impression. I always go for an exciting fight. Um, I'm not the type of guy. Like, like I said, I've got the, the judo black belt. I've got the BJJ back in. and I, I'm happy with my submission skills. Like, I'm more than happy the way I can submit people. So if I wanted to, I, I could take. I could have, like, obviously gone in, shot on Joe, taken him down. Like, I'm, I've no no surprises in, in my mind. If I wanted to, I could have taken him down. And um, I could have, like, pushed a submission, but... I'm happy to make it exciting, and I, 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 I love a good scrap. And I knew Joe was game, so I think taking him down would have taken it away from the fight. And um, I think Joe felt the same way as I, I, I did. Like, obviously, he could have come out and could have tried taking me down and go in for the grind and try and grind out five rounds. Or he, he could have done what he did and come out and stood toe-to-toe me and push all the people. And um, I think that's why I'm UFC material, because I'll go out, out there and I'll always pro- aim to put on a... On a an entertaining show and like I, I'd, I'd love to be fighting the Habibs, the Gaethje's, the obviously the Barbosa's of the world. Do you know what I mean? They're the type of guys of the Tony Ferguson's I'd love to tear it up with. Well, yes, yes. A big future definitely ahead of you, Mason Jones. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I have one question actually left. Um, I wanted to ask you about your girlfriend's a martial artist too, right? She's a, is it, is it right that she's represent the UK at Taekwondo or, or something like this? Or do I have that wrong? No, no, she, um, she, She's very, very good at Taekwondo. So she um she fought on Olympic style Taekwondo. Um yeah. and she fought everywhere. So she got a Commonwealth bronze uh Commonwealth Games bronze medalist. Um she should have been made the final in the last ten seconds. She got clipped and um lost on points, so it was literally final few seconds she got caught. And um like she always said, it's also it's the Commonwealth Games are happiest and her saddest memories because like she should have been in the final fighting for a gold and um, she would have had a class fight with a gold medalist and instead she made a mistake and got clipped. But um, she's insane. The level she fought off, she's done Olympic qualifiers. Like she won an Olympic qualifier. She was really young when she won that and um, all sorts. But um, she was going well. She was training in Nottingham with the British team and then um, she had a uh, sort of... a bit of a bad turn um mentally um her medal history was a bit and um she come home for a bit and she hasn't actually gone back to competing yet so um whether she goes back to taekwondo or um she's been training a lot of thai with me so she's on about Ooh. taking a thai fight instead so she's definitely interested and um like i said like after that fight the first thing she said to me was how embarrassing my kicking was in the fight so um i added <laughs> i added in the next straight away um she said did you throw a spin hot kick or a back kick i was like it's supposed to be a back kick but my range is a little bit off she was like it was embarrassing she was like you're embarrassing <laughs> me i was like all right i've just won a world title but i'm, I'm embarrassing you so I'll, she I'll said this after this fight yeah yeah oh after the joke fight, i threw a back kick and um <laughs> it was literally the range was out it was, it was it was terrible my timing was out um my kicking i was showing a lot of things and she was like First thing she said to me, she was like, oh, congratulations, awesome performance. She was like, but the kick-in was embarrassing. I was like, all right, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. So she's definitely the better kicker of the couple, you'd say? Uh, She's knocked out more people than I have. She's knocked out more people than I have. Um, Like the way she kicks. And um, she is a monster. Um, Her name's Madison Davis. Check her up on YouTube. Madison Davis, did you say? Madison Davis. So M-A-D-D. Yeah, Madison with two Ds. And then Davis, D-A-V-I-E-S. That is so cool, man. That is an amazing... And how long have you guys been together? I'd say that's an incredibly competitive relationship you guys have. <laughs> yeah, we've been together two years. But um, she helps me with my kicking a lot. And um, like I said, I've helped her with a tie a bit. But um, it's more so I'm just... It's just adapting her style. Um, she's definitely far ahead of me on the kicking side of things. And um, it really helps. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm hypercritical of myself. 
and I love it when people are hypercritical of me because there's no point saying, oh, you did this good and this good because I already know I did that well. But when people say, oh, you, you could have done this better, then that, that helps me and that, that's where I've always been. I always want to be better than I can be next. So as soon as we're back in the gym now, my coaches are obviously going to have a lot to say and a lot of things to pick on and um, I really can't wait to get back and um, again, just be a better fighter and looking forward to get back out to Team Alpha Male as well and get some rounds in and I'm going to get some boxing sparring in with um, uh, my friend from Down St. Joe's. He's got a, um, another fight coming up soon. So um, I'll get some rounds in with him and help him towards his next fight. And I just can't, really can't wait to get back training. Well, Mason, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you stop embarrassing your girlfriend soon by winning these world titles. You've got to stop <laughs> that stuff. But uh, no, amazing. And I hope you enjoy yourself, man. And be safe. I hope you and your family are, are very safe during these uh, troublesome times, my friend. Yeah, obviously we're in isolation now, so um, I'll stay away from everyone and hopefully this will all get sorted out soon so I can get back training. But um, let's see, just staying, guys, get all sorted. Um, the quicker everyone starts staying in, then um, the quicker they'll all get cleaned up. So there's no point complaining if um, people are still coming out being unsafe. So just stay in, get sorted, and we can all get back to our lives. We can all practice our spinning back kicks. Yeah, <laughs> right. I hope so. I, I, I can't deal with it yet. She'll, I'll have to leave you a few days and then she'll be showing me how to do my spin up kicks, my back kicks and back to it. Brilliant, Mason. Talk to you soon, mate. And congratulations, champ. Thanks, Pete. All the Speak best. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Pete. Bye. Great to hear from Mason Jones. Um, let's hope he stops embarrassing his girlfriend with those terrible <laughs> kicks. Come on, Mason. You're only a world champion after all, but uh, great, Class. great crack. Um, sounds like um, a fun, unique experience uh, being crowned champion in front of a crowd of six people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I don't think he'll care on it when he gets that UFC contract down the line. And, uh, you know, uh, Joe Duffy's been been talking to um, Mason about me for quite some time. And, you know, I think they trained a little bit together in Wales. So, uh, yeah, what, what, a, what a talent, what an athlete. Yeah, um, he said to me at one point there. He goes, "I don't know why. It's just I've had, I've had it very difficult to get people to fight me." And I'm like, "Well, you're 24, <laughs> a former pro boxer, a black belt judo. I mean, <laughs> what, what's the shock here? Where, where is the? Where are these questions going yeah. from? I, I, I know where it's going from. But what's this? Um, we are going to be joined by one of the European greats, Noel McGrath. Wow, uh, so who? Tell me, quick. You're not going to believe it. It's, it's. The fight that we were raving about just two weeks ago was one of the greatest fights, if not the greatest fight we'd ever seen in the octagon. It is not on the European great and the strawweight great, um, Joanna Janjacek. Um, wow. What? And after Colby earlier on in the day now, what? we have Joanna. Um, unbelievable. Two, lo- two loving teammates, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Joanna, um, I don't know if she's going to want to get into that much, but... Uh, I cannot wait to pick her brain after that amazing fight with Wiley Zhang. Obviously, a lot's been made of who you thought won. Um, Darren Till was obviously on the podcast two weeks ago, waxing lyrical, yeah, uh, saying time. both Zhang and Yanjacek should be given $5 million each. Um, you think it's one of the greatest fights of all time, too, if I'm not mistaken. Easily, man. It's it's right up there in my, you know, it'll have to be in my, my top four or five fights without question uh, just a just a battle and I think more impressively was the actual just technique and skill of both ladies and I think it took women's mixed martial arts to new levels so like if you looked at fight again and I have since it's just uh, it, it's hands down easily the greatest women's mixed martial arts contest of all time and right up there 
in the sport as a whole too. So yeah, incredible stuff from both ladies. Like, well, here she comes once again. She has returned to Eurobash. The great, the incomparable, Joanna Janjacek. We'll be back to you guys in about twenty minutes. And once again, we are joined by one of the greatest of all time, Joanna Janjacek, who just had a fantastic performance that stole all the headlines at UFC 248. We have been dying to speak to Joanna. Of course, the European fans are uh, praising her amazing efforts. Um, Joanna, first of all, how are you? And thank you so much for joining us again. Oh man, I'm, I'm I'm very good. Happy to talk to you. I love Irish people. <laughs> you know this. Yes. Uh, I would marry an Irish guy because of the accent, and so many of you know this. <laughs> but no, uh, I'm joking. I, I'm feeling great, man. Feeling great, happy, blast, happy to be at home. You know, after spending nine long weeks, actually eleven long, uh, eleven long weeks in 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 the states. So happy to be here with my family. You know. Yes, of course. And how is the family? Is everyone holding up well? Of course, the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic is gripping the yeah, universe now. How are you guys? We are good, you know, we stay home. I only see my sister who lives uh, next to me. Once in a while, I see my family. I go to my parents, to I bring them food. Uh, you know, we're trying to stay home and we should stay home, but we should take care of our health uh, immune system. You know, it's good to go outside for a walk, for a run. I did 10 kilometers today, but people are going crazy, you know. Even if you go to the store, there are sections, you know, but people, they like to stay next to each other. They jump on your bag. They talk to each other. No, yes. put mask, wear mask, wear gloves. Don't talk to each other. Keep like a meter away, you know. And uh, like, it shouldn't be like this, that you go out and you talk to your neighbors. No, okay. You know, it's good to like cover your cover your 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 face. You know, try to don't talk to people, don't spit on them. You know, that's the thing. Yes, we need to you make know? an effort, isn't that right? We all yeah, need but, to change. Yeah, but it's good. It's good to go outside. You know, uh, but of course, only if you have to go and for 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 do do things you have to do and and come back home. You know, go back home. Absolutely. Um, Joanna, I have to ask about this fight because the outpouring of emotion from the MMA uh, community has been unbelievable, oh. but it was also well-deserved. Um, one of the greatest fights ever, I think everybody agrees. Um, have you had a chance to watch it back yet? Oh, no, not really. Not really. Mikey Brown, who is my coach, my friend, my family, Katel Kubis, my, my second head coach, they watch this fight, you know, but me not, not yet. And, you know, since after the fight, I feel like I'm I'm in the box, you know. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of my gym, my team, the Lambert, APT Nation, my coaches, my friends, family, my management, my sponsors, my fans. <laughs> but, man, I'm, I'm by myself, you know. I cut myself from the media. I'm responding to my fans and it's really great to hear that it was one of the best fights that I'm someone's favorite, you know, but at the end, people's favorites, Joanna, but at the end I didn't make it. I didn't make it. You know, I know it was close and, and some people saying I won, but at the end I don't have the bed, but there is second side of it. You know, it's not only about, having the belt physically. I don't care about this anymore, you know. Of course, I want to and I'm hungry, but I'm happy the way I show up, you know. 
because I put on hell of a work for nine weeks in ATT. Before that, I was training in Poland. And the thing is that before every fight, since I remember, before the last step to the octagon, I was like, girl, they let you shine, you shine. Go there and show them who you are. Doesn't matter if you win, if you lose, go there and show them who you are. And I put on hell of a performance and hell of a fight with Willy Jean. And I proud of myself. But at the end, you know, I, I'm very ambitious. Per, uh, ambition? Ambitious person? Yes. How do you say this? Ambitious, yes, correct. Um, yeah. Ambitious person. And I didn't make it, man. So, yeah. My, my, my soul is hurt. My heart is hurt. And I got, I got everything. And I appreciate you guys. But at the end, I didn't make it. But I do not blame myself. Do you, are you aware at the end of that 25 minutes, Joanna? are you aware that this is one of the great fights or is too many things happening? Is it all happening very quickly then? Or do you, you know? You know what? Yeah. I'm a fighter for a reason and I was born to do that. And I'm in this spot because of God put me towards this direction. You know? I used to play basketball, but for no reason I had like health issues. When I stopped playing, then I didn't, like there was no more health issues. And I started training Muay Thai, and I became so successful in MMA. And I'm, 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 I'm here because of the reason. I was the champ for a reason. I was the pretendant for a reason. And, you know, uh, it, had, it had happened for a reason. And I felt, I feel like, uh, I felt like I, I gave my best. And I don't know. I don't know, man. A lot of people uh, have said they have scored the fight on, for you. We had Darren Till on the show last week. He says both Wiley and Joanna need yeah. to be paid $5 million each. This is the greatest fight of all time. And he said, I feel yeah. as though Joanna yeah. won this fight. Um, I, I know yeah. it, it's a, a very close fight, but did you feel like you did enough when, when, the, when the, the final bell rang? I couldn't hear you. Did, did you feel as though you had won the fight when the, the final bell rang, when it was finished? You know, you, you know, it happened to me in the second fight with the, uh, Rose Amayunas, you know, and, and when you look at the scorecards, the points, the, the punches, the landed punches, uh, I won again, but I don't want to say it, you know, I lost the fight and I, I take it, you know, and there is no, ex there is no excuses. And, uh, you know, you have to do more to beat the champ. But I felt in the fight, I felt I was questioning myself. I was talking to myself, you know, in my head. Jay, what can you do better? But I was like, hey, I'm doing everything I can. So I did everything I could do, you know. Absolutely. That day. And then the camp, I'm always very disciplined. I always very focused, very motivated. I know people see these fucking bikini pictures. I don't care. I'm a human. I'm a woman. You know, sometimes I want to go to the pool. I live in Florida. You know, I have pool 20 minutes, 20 meters from my apartment. You of know? course. So it's a sin to not to go there, you know, but people think that I'm not training. Man, I'm a beast. And this camp, I'm just getting older, but this camp I was training more than before. And this is what surprises, what surprised me, you know, and limits are only in our head. And if you want to do more, you can do more with every single day. That's why I'm super hyped for every single day. You know, I cannot wait for tomorrow's morning because I know I can be better as a human, as an athlete, as a businesswoman, as a partner. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's the, that's the thing. And, and, uh, and this camp, like the last camp I was training 
13 times a week, you know, two, three times a day for nine weeks, every single day, you know, and I, 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 I gave everything. I did everything I could. It's, it's yeah. to me, um, you showed the world, um, you know, so many people, these trolls on the internet after the first Rose fight, uh, you know, they questioned how tough you were. And then to do this fight, it's exceptional. It's, it's one of the craziest things people have ever seen, how you continued and you were so <laughs> resilient despite the damage. Does that feel good knowing that you silenced a lot of your doubters with that performance and that amazing show? Yeah, I don't care about the doubters, you know. <laughs> they can down down to the queen. You know what, what the, the point is? Very often when someone is sick or something like, oh, for example, you broke up with your girlfriend and your friend's going to come like, oh, I feel you, man, I'm so sorry. No. If he's happy with his wife, he can tell you like, man, I feel you, I'm so sorry. No. You can say, I can try to understand. I'm trying to understand you, my friend. How are you feeling? But you can go and say like, hey, everything's going to be fine. Like, you know what I yes, mean? Yes, So that, 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 that's the thing. And the doubters, this is what Dana said about many different things. They always doubt him, the ideas, ESPN, this, that. No superstars more in the UFC, no this, no that. They don't know what they are talking about. That's the thing. They can talk, but they don't know what they are talking about. How they can doubt me that... Oh, you posting these bikini pictures, you're not gonna win. You didn't win because you posted bikini pictures. Motherfucker, you didn't know that I was training 13 times a week. Probably in my short life, I did more trainings than you and your fucking whole family, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> this is all true. And I'm like this. The doctors, I'm like, they can doubt me, you know? But show me another female athlete, or are you better than me? No, you are not better than me. Show me another female athlete with that big legacy, you know? Yes, of course. No, absolutely. And I think I think we all know that you're one of the greatest I, European fighters to, of all time. Can I say it? Can I curse on this podcast? Yeah, of course. Oh, please, go ahead. What the fuck is this? I don't <laughs> care about these doctors, you know. Amazing. That they was a fantastic... They know that what they're talking about, man. <laughs> <laughs> what an answer. That was amazing. Um, I saw a lot has been made of um, your face, uh, the updates for your face. People are going crazy. They want updates all the time and it looks fantastic. We see that you look, you're back to yourself. A lot of the bruising on your face and your oh, chest yeah, has yeah. gone down. Yeah. But um, is, is that crazy <laughs> experience for you when, when you see yourself in the mirror for the first time after the fight? Man... Honestly, I know, you know, I'm tough chick and I'm in, in like men's world, you know, but <laughs> I think that there is no sport or job for a girl or for a guy. The, the world is free, it's 21st century, you know, uh, but, you know, I love to, I'm very clean person, you know, aesthetic. I like to keep it clean, uh, clothing. I like to, you know, Always I fresh. take shower four or five times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm girly. So I hate myself, you know, when I'm like this, you know. But that's the price we have to pay, you know. That, that That's the point, you know. There is always a... A, war, a worse side of your job, you know, or your perfection. <laughs> yes. But that's the, that's the thing. So I hate it, man, you know. I hate it and I want to take care of my health, you know. Like um, being an athlete, uh, like uh, being in the sport, it changes your body, you know. It changes your, your head, your mind. 
how you look, how you walk, you know. So uh, it cost me lots of sacrificing, you know, changes in my body. But I'm still a woman, you know. I want to be attractive to the guys, you know, and I want to be a mother in the future. So, of course, uh, it's like I always want to take care of my health. But in the UFC, we have everything, you know, good uh, uh, health care. And then they are always taking a good care of us, you know. Yes, and uh, and you look fantastic, by the way, Joanna. Your face has healed up fantastically well, I must say. It's, um... Oh, thank you so much. No, it, 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 it's still three bruises, you know, but the forehead, everyone... I, I was laughing about the meme. Uh, the meme? Men? 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 Oh, the memes, men. yes. Uh, after my fight, yeah, after my fight, you know, even I cut myself from the social media, so then I was laughing. Oh, that's funny, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm telling you guys, the next day, the swelling from my forehead, the swelling from my forehead went down. So I couldn't see on my red uh, eye for like two days. Ninety-five uh, percent. I I had a vision in like five percent only on in my left eye. Whoa. So it was pretty rough, you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But but it is what it is, and you know the swelling went down and everything is fine. You feel good? There's no, there's no um, very serious injuries, lasting injuries. No, you're no, no, take no, from no. This? I had no, no, no. I had a, I had a CP. I had the X-ray. I had the ultrasound. I had everything. You know, I went to the plastic surgeon. You know, I went to the plastic surgeon in Poland. Uh, the, I had a small medical procedure on my ear. You know, and but everything good with my head. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Healthy, healthy. Still crazy, but healthy. You know. <laughs> you you i love the fact that this is this is joanna in a nutshell for me it's only two weeks after the fight it's one of the greatest fights of all time as we said earlier a lot of people are are thinking you won a lot of people think boy lee won a lot of discussion going on there and you are already talking about a rematch i know you're not saying i want it now straight away but you're saying you are open to that that is just such a an insight into the mind of a champion and and one of the greats of course but is that something that will be on your mind having been in there with Boyley and having such a fantastic and close fight do you think that that rematch will always be brought up now I don't know you know right now I want to take a rest I can go on vacation you know and you deserve it big. I want to wait for this coronavirus to go away and I will I will go on a nice vacation you know and you know I'm a businesswoman as well you know and I'm always like this I've, I've been working guys since I was 8 years old 11 years old so I always working, you know. I know some people they 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 jealous of of what I approach in my life, you know. But five years ago I was broken and poor girl, you know. But now I run businesses. I invest in real estate. I have so many ideas, you know. And I wanna do more. I I started new studies, you know. People don't know this, you know. I graduated two different studies eight years ago. I started new studies this year. I wanna study MBA and maybe in the future be a minister of the sport, you know, but you know, I, I have so many ideas since I was a little girl, you know, and some athletes, they like to go home, sleep. I don't sleep, you know, my big rival, rival is, the, is the time, you know, because it's running, you can't stop the time, you know. <laughs> Amazing. That's the thing. But right now I wanna rest, be focused on my stuff and do some stuff, you know, enjoy the life, you know, enjoy the life, drink some wine, drink some vodka, go to some parties, <laughs> meet some nice guys and you know, enjoy the family, you know. That's the that's the that's the thing, you know. Because man, because I'm 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 an ambassador of uh, Fighters Cancer Foundation and very often I talk to the parents, to the kids, I meet them, uh, donate money, my time, my love, and very often we talk, we talk, and I'm like, guys, there, when, when someone is sick, has a cancer, 
not only the person who has a cancer is sick, the whole family is sick, yes, you know? Absolutely. Same with me, you know? Of course, you can't compare the cancer or sickness, but the thing, if I go uh, to, to, to the state, if I train them, my, my, my parents, my friends, my, my family, they worry about me, you know? They pay the price as well. I'm on diet, I can do this, I can do that, you know? Every prestige, every job, every illness, every situation in our life, uh, required something different from us, you know what I what I mean. You know, so now is the time for my family because I would not be here without them. You know. Yes, absolutely. Well said, Joanna. I wanted to ask you about this because um, I know it's been a lot of controversy about this in the gym and whatnot. But do you like meatballs? I love meatballs. They're my favorite. So catch catch a catch a plane tomorrow because right now I'm I'm like digging into this meat, you know, putting all seasoning. Sounds preparing fantastic. Meatballs. You're making this while you're talking to us. I love balls. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> amazing they sound beautiful they sound beautiful um after putting on such an amazing display as you did um and then to have your teammate colby covington come out and talk the way he is um is, is that hurtful to you or do you see this as just being a part of his act uh it's part of his act uh, he's not very polite and smart guy so and he doesn't know what to do, you know, and, and he needs another people to make his uh, make himself big. So I don't want to talk about this guy, you know, and like, but I can tell you guys that that's a shame for us. You know, that's a shame that he's talking crap like this. You know, it's all ugly things, you know, he's a he's a dirty guy. And I don't want to I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about that because uh, all, 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 he's lying, you know. That guy is lying. He's such a big liar. and I, I just don't want to talk with him. I don't want to waste the time to talk about him, you know. Absolutely. I respect that, Joanna. And thank you for answering the question. But from that to uh, James Arthur, I saw this. Um, James Arthur playing a gig on Instagram. Oh, man, I love him. And he shouts you out. How incredible is that? Man, I love him, you know, and I love music, all kinds of music, but people don't know I'm very emotional, you know, and I'm very sensitive, and I love all kinds of music, but I'm a big fan of uh, of uh, James Arthur. Uh, so many, you know, guys, that uh, my workout song, King Tampa, was back from the edge, and every song uh, is very important to me, you know, and and I love James Arthur, and he is supposed to play in Poland in January, and I was like, Super sad because uh, I I was uh, doing my camp in Florida, but he got sick, so he didn't he didn't he he didn't he didn't make it. So I'm very happy that he, I got a shout out. You know, it's like a <laughs> you know fun girl uh, moment. But I cannot wait to 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 visit him and, and watch him listen to his music life. You know, and I love his lyrics. He's very smart and wish him all the best. I think he was a bit. I think he was a bit of a fan girl. No, I think he went a bit crazy when he saw that you were watching his video. He was like, "I can't believe this!" And he said that you won the fight. I mean, that guy. I I think. Are you guys friends? Do you know him? No, you know what? One one day I was like, I texted him before Tampa. You know, I was like, "Man, I gonna, I gonna uh, tell you because I I wanna like." uh, back from the edge be my workout song and he was like you fucking kidding me i'm big fan i'm like oh my God. man no 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 let me make it straight i'm a fan 
not you, you my idol, okay? Let's make it straight and keep this way, you know? And we started, like, talking, supporting each other, you know? And I'm very happy for him, you know? And I love people like this. I went to Lady Gaga's concert last time, and she's such a powerful, but, you know, music, sport, it's all the same. It doesn't matter if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a phys- uh, 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 lawyer, if you want to be a successful businesswoman or athlete or singer. It's all the same. Discipline, sacrificing yourself, hard work, believing you have to believe in yourself, you know. Absolutely, Joanna. Um it's it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I'm just wondering, you know, you already told us that you're doing ten K runs still. No days off for you, of course. But uh, I'm wondering, you know, <laughs> you said you want to take a holiday. Because I'm fat, you know, I'm eating every day, fat kid status, you know. No, I'm good, I'm good, you know, I'm still like, my body's still like swollen, you know, after this trip and everything, you know. And, you know, I have a big bruise, the, the bruise from my forehead went down, so my my neck and, uh, and, and like chest uh, is bruised and it's still hurting a little bit, but it's fine, you know, it's fine, it's fine. You think we so could see I you need fight? To do some exercises. <laughs> do you think we could see you fight this year again, or do you think we should wait uh, even to maybe twenty twenty one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful. Right now, holiday. I, I need to. Yeah, I, I need to. I need to. I just, I just want to rest. Mm, you know. Thing about the fight, like I said, I, I live in the bubble, you know. I'm still living in the bubble after the fight, and I feel great. I'm more calm, more more with myself. You know what I mean? I have to digest this, you know. Yes. But I'm happy. I'm happy how I show up, and happy I gave you this fight, you know. And it's not all about winning in your life, you know. It's all about learning in your life, and I'm very happy. I I learn a lot. That that's it, you know. Well, Joanna, you are a true legend of the sport. You're one of the greatest of all time. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show once again and speaking to us. And I promise <laughs> you, whenever you fight again... That's an honor, man. Talking to people like this. <laughs> anytime, anytime, man. We're, and, uh, man, man, if there is going to be show in, in Dublin in uh, July, eh? In August, August 15th. In August, I'm coming. Hey, my birthday, August 18th. Wow. We're going to have a big party in Dublin. Yes, you absolutely should. We should Thank definitely you. make this happen. I'm coming, man. I'm coming. <laughs> See you then, Joanna. All the best. Hey, thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. And thank you so much to the great Joanna and Jacek. What a surprise that was to have one of the greats uh, call us up and get it done after one of the great fights of all time with Wiley Zhang. Great to hear that her face is recovering and she is looking forward to some vacationing time and um you know obviously when this coronavirus um uh finally leaves us that is she's she's looking to get away and um look don't know if we'll be this year when we see her she isn't really sure but uh fantastic to talk to her after such an iconic fight um how are you passing the time in corona um isolation my friend jesus yeah like i've actually been really busy i swear to god i'm not gonna lie um you know, obviously. All right, we don't care. We're trying to give people alternatives what they can do at home here. So if it's like, yeah, I'm just, up, Jesus fine. Christ, okay, fucking <laughs> hell, take me fucking head off, why don't you? Um, yeah, no, just, just, just fucking literally on Amazon equipment review, all that sort of shit. I'm doing at the moment, and a lot of that sort of stuff. And the drone, I've been whacking up my drone a little bit, creeping around with that. Um, oh, yeah. so, so, that looks deadly. Actually, that looks unbelievable. It is. I got. I got it up now. I'm not probably not supposed to be saying this, but I got it up like 600 feet there. Yes, in the air, it was like a it nearly hit a fucking airplane. So, uh, 
<laughs> the Goa Pie, it's uh, it, it's uh, actually Wi-Fi based. So it's actually interesting, right? I was saying this to Phil the other night that uh, it just shows you how many people are working from home. The signal hasn't been great on it the last few days, and that's due to the amount of people using the Wi-Fi in the area. So it's fascinating. Um, it was going 150 feet, like nothing there the other day. It's settled down a little bit now, but it just shows you the amount of people working from home from with, with this situation. But doing a bit of that and literally head stuck in, I think it was 5 a.m. by the time I got to sleep last night, um, just just doing stuff online. And uh, just, uh, I think everyone, like if they want to do something, now's a fucking great time to start a vlog, do any of that sort of shit, keep yourself, anything that keeps yourself occupied and you're not thinking about the situation. I think that's very, very important. And, you know, live stream, you can do it with a phone, whatever. Start a vlog, do any of that sort of shit. I think it's very therapeutic in many ways for, for people. And that's going to be a major struggle over the coming months as people being stuck in and getting depressed and things like that. So get out, do what you're going to do. Uh, anything you, you wanted to do in the past, why not do it now if you can do it in a remote situation and set up? So fuck it. Do you know what I mean? You've got to be positive, Pete. You've got to be positive. Yeah, you, you know just I mean? said talking about depression, mate. Like, what are you I know, talking but, like, about? That's positive. what I'm saying. I'm trying to help people out here be, you know. Be, be positive and I might I might start What's doing a few like? tech videos as well um, wow well this is all riveting stuff yeah it um, is fuck you well, what the fuck are you saying you're a contributor <laughs> at me you fucking gee bag yes. so shut the fuck up uh, went online <laughs> what uh, did you do then shut the fuck Jesus Christ fucking hell man I want to know because a few of my friends have said Tinder's turned into a fucking oh it's a war zone dumpster fire oh yeah it's terrible. I've actually been staying off, and I'm scared of it at the moment because there's these freakish so women. Now, just like, uh, what happens when when there is no end product? Say there is no date there. You well, can't that's go what out. That, that's what you're saying to me straight away. Like, uh, is there any point in us actually messaging each other because we're not going to see each other for four months? <laughs> that's it. Like, so you're like, oh yeah, it's been definitely a little bit slower on the contact front and messages being replied 100. percent So. Um, yeah, listen, shit happens, and I think this is obviously the most important thing at the moment. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of Corona babies born. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I, listen, I'm sure there's people going up to other people's houses straight off the bat now with the frustrations and things like that of single people. Just but, rubbing uh, their boots off their yeah, windows or whatever. Yeah, just use protection. <laughs> Did you Have you seen this? Uh, this is amazing. Uh, Tiger King on Netflix. I've watched a little bit of it. I, I watched oh my sort of God. 20 I minutes of it. I watched four episodes of it last night. Is it, it was about the, first... the same guy, is it? He's a con man, is he? No, no. There's loads of them. It, right. You've got to watch it, man. It's unbelievable. I've never seen such a wild bunch of freaks. Like, I thought the MMA media was the wimpiest and the weirdest. But my <laughs> God. Well, these guys aren't wimps. That's that's terrible of me to say. Of course, they're alpha males who surround themselves with big cats. <laughs> and perish the thought of me uh, crushing that illusion on them. But you got to check that out. Um... Have you been drinking a lot? Because I feel like I've been drinking a lot. Like, you know, as in, yeah. there's nothing else to do. And um, I keep drinking. That's uh, all I can I, To be honest, I probably, I haven't. I don't think I've drank, like, I, I had a couple of cans every sort of night. Like, yeah, but, well, that's still drinking. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. But it's not like the massive binge drinking you'd have on a Friday night where you'd sink 20 points. So I'm definitely down on my overall intake of points 100 percent. yeah but it's the daily the reoccurring drinking yeah, that's the problem yeah no like yeah a couple of nights i have yeah nothing nothing out of the ordinary but i'd say give that another week now and i'll be uh i'll probably be lying in my garden at fucking 3 a.m in the morning smashed <laughs> do you know what i mean like so like the longer this goes on and obviously it's going to go on for a while i probably the more uh of an alcoholic i'll i'll further become <laughs> you should get a dog nah they're great it's the best thing about this whole this whole thing is just um, everyone being. Did a you home start that dog, dog trend on Twitter? Was that you? 
Who no, it at? was uh, it was actually Gavin Casey. All right, the forty-two. Yeah, so he gets on to to um, Miss Casey. She puts out Simba, and then she tagged me. So I I I did it, and then tagged a few people. And All right, okay. they got it going. Yeah, I didn't know what the fuck was going it's, on. I was there. Jeez. I'm obviously happy to do anything for Reg. Um, I'm telling you, Noel, you should get a dog uh, because. I'm sure it would be a way to strike up conversation with singletons you see down the park, but obviously that would have to wait for after the social distancing thing uh, gets uh, done. It's going to be a long time before we're stopping the social distancing, Peter. So, no. Uh, listen, I can't. I hardly feed myself. No mind a fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> Go over to the shop and I come back with fucking 12 cans of beer and no food. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you get your mommy a card yesterday for Mother's Day? I but I, I tell you what I did. No, I, I don't fuck those cards and shit like that. The better thing to do is just um buy them, show them love. Uh, I'm joking. No, I, I brought her. Um, I sent a sent a takeaway then chicken wings. Uh, what's call them? Not Rebecca. Um, Elephant and Castle chicken wings. Order them in. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty. Go. That's a nice. Yeah, that's a good yeah. deal. I Thir- think that's thirty-eight a, that's a euro. Problem. It's better than a card. So there you go. Thirty euro. Yeah, two portions. Sent them down. Mum and dad. So. Oh, that's legendary. Yeah, you so. see, I can't get that delivered. I'm very jealous that you can get that but delivered. But I'll tell you, that's, um, that's the interesting thing. Checking your delivery, you can get way more stuff delivered now because all the restaurants, obviously people aren't going out to the restaurants, so a lot of them are actually delivering and they're delivering further than they normally deliver. I've had, uh, got an Indian there <clears throat> a couple of nights ago as well. Um, I think it was last Monday actually and they never used to deliver up here until um, the coronavirus struck. So it just shows you that people aren't going out and... They're struggling, so they're delivering. So, what's the procedure there? So, you get the, you you get the ring on the door. A guy you open the door, he hands you a bag. Are you wearing a glove now, or how do you do that? Well, they, what they can do is they can leave it at your doorstep. Uh, yeah. Make sure you're there, and I think they stand like two or three meters away. Leave it at the doorstep, and um, either you can just go out and they open up the delivery bag, and you just pull it out of there yourself right. that's what i do like I just wash your hands and shit afterwards i think you'll be ah, yeah. you'll be all right ah, so the most of them have helmets on and stuff like that as well because they're driving on, on on scooters and bikes but uh yeah it was good and it's a, there's a lot more options at the moment and um yeah you heard mickey d's is closing down though here today in ireland man we talked about it me and paddy did as well it's very very troubling information i went to yeah. uh mackie d's yesterday morning because uh me elaine and my dad stayed up and drank a bottle of vodka and a bottle of tequila on saturday night so uh, I was a bit rough on uh, <laughs> Sunday morning, so I had to go down and uh, get myself a Grand Mac meal and the chicken selects just to just, you, bounce myself out. You've seen me drink tequila before. Remember New York? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it's not good with me. No spirits are good with me, really. I just think to the Guinness these days. No, you're poison. And uh, tequila is certainly not for me. Fucking or else hell. just, like, you know, for people judging us, know that it's poison and be aware that we're poisoning <laughs> ourselves. So don't be too surprised if we get a bit fucking wild. Yeah, There's no, wild. Saying. Wild is the fucking word to use. No fucking doubt about it. Holy shit, man. Fuck that shit. I, I, I just avoid all spirits. Maybe the odd gin and tonic here and there. I'd ship a whiskey, but fuck me. I love a gin and tonic mental. as well. Mental. Yeah. yeah, so have you set yourself, like, I've set myself a few things I want to do. Yeah, big time. Uh, this isolation time. Um, I got a few books I want to read. I, I still haven't read that Akira comic thing. Uh, I need to read that. I can't wait to read that. Um, I just didn't know how to actually read it for a long time. I've got a few books. I've got And I got a video game because I haven't played a video game in so long. I got Resident Evil 2, the remake of Resident Evil for 2. For what? For what PlayStation? For PlayStation? PlayStation 4, yeah. You yeah, have it's... one. My fucking nephew, the little shite, is 
texting me every evening going, oh, I bought a load of games. He's online playing. That's all he's fucking doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very good at them, though. I just don't, I can't, I can't give myself the time to, like, you know, about half an hour, I need some shit to happen. I can't just be walking around this mansion. I want some zombies trying to eat my face. I need it to happen quickly. I was never. So, in, I was always into the sports games. I was never into those. Same. Like Zelda. Same. Zelda. Maybe back when this is. I thought in Super Nintendo days. That yeah. was a great game. But bar that, that new, fuck that all else. I'm Madden. I used to have FIFA, Pro Evo, all that sort of shit. You know. Yeah. They, they just don't interest now, me. I used to love those fight night games as well. They were deadly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm gonna get. I used to play Resident Evil, so I was like, I'll get that. But uh, decent stuff. Yeah. Um, have you seen? Do you remember that Imagine thing that started going around with the coronavirus? Yeah. Have you seen the face of the pain that Casey made? Yeah, it's brilliant. So I saw, saw it there. I actually only saw it today. Um, I don't know how I missed it yesterday. It was only released last night. Oh, was it? All yeah. right, that's why. I thought it was yeah, yeah. fucking yesterday. All right, yeah, no, I only saw it today. It's, it's pretty good. We should do one. The European media. <laughs> MMA. He sent it to me and asked me to get it, but I was like, oh, jeez, I don't know any European virus that would do that. But then... Uh, oh, everyone would. in the video did so well. I could have, yeah, I guess. Um, in hindsight, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, they would have done that." I think we should do but, one. Yeah. I think we should do one, a Euro bash one. But Why they've not? already made it. They've already fuck it. We'll do something. We'll, no. we'll do something different. We'll do some Listen. some form of video. No. Yeah. Well, we'll have to think about it. Maybe people can yeah. send us suggestions. Suggestions. We can do something among the bash. Hashtag uh, Euro bash suggestions we'll try and get some um we'll try and figure out a way for you guys to send us in some questions or something for uh next week even if it's just an email address or something that i set up um but yeah no, 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 I, need uh, to fill up. i'm working on something where the guys can interact with us more in the coming weeks so we'll uh we'll keep you posted on that okay um Right, yeah, so whatever. We'll figure out a way that you yeah, guys can ask us questions definitely. for next week because um, we need to fill up some time on this bad boy too, uh, yeah. as well as our interviews, uh, because nothing is happening. But stay safe, wash your hands, Love you. be nice to each other, keep your fucking social distance, yeah? Two meters. Just do it. Don't be a hard man. Do you know, I feel like some people are being, trying to be fucking tough, guys, like this doesn't yeah. apply to me. It's not about you, you dickhead. It's about your family. Two meters. Yeah, you know, it's about everyone else around you. It's what this virus uh, can do. Um, because it's so and contagious. it's about not making me feel stabby when I'm walking around the yeah, ends exactly. and if I see someone not making their social distance I'm going to start carrying a blade and I'm going to start chopping people up that's what I'm just telling you there you are you're on fucking blast people lock, <laughs> lock this shit down that's what Leo needs to do are you doing it I'm, I'm, I'm getting two meters away from fucking people oh all yeah the time Jesus I'm getting in the fucking shop I look like a I'm fucking crossing the road. you know what I look like yes. you know what I look like you look, I look like a fucking ultra I swear to God, if this scarf around my... If you see me on Instagram, I put it up a few times, my daily trip to the shop, and I look like a fucking ultra who's about to smash someone's head in. And uh, people just... I'm getting some awful looks in the shop. But... Uh, I'm going... I've got it down to every third day I'm going to the shop now, so that's... Um, I've gone I'll still go for a walk, though. Six times. I go times. for a walk every day. I just... Yeah, I don't even... Man, I, like... It's actually taken me a lot. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking beat off the shop. Oh, jeez, that's the wrong word. Jeez. I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll sort of put off the shop, going to the shop for about two hours before I custard the merge uh, muster. Fucking hell, I'm going mental here. Fucking hell, get the, the the courage up to go to the shop. It's mad. It's fucking mental. Like I am freaked out, but uh, not that bad. I just um. I'm just, what I found is like I'm walking a lot around my estate rather than going to somewhere where you should walk because every time I've gone to the park, 800 fucking people there and That's like, you know, nobody's, nobody's keeping their distance and shit. Like, and even young fellas when I'm walking around the little gangs and all, you're like, come on lads, 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. I get it that, you know, you want to be outside and you're a hard man and all, but I mean, it's not about you guys, right? Yeah. Like, you guys are the carriers. You guys are the little disease carriers that we're all worried about. Yeah. So, Well, I think and, that's why the governments here have to, you know, I think this week we need to do it and I think there's something coming up now in the next hour here in Dublin announcement, but they need to enforce this and, um, you know, like what they're doing, did in Norway, there was a guy who was diagnosed with coronavirus and he had a mild case of it, went out to a party and the Norwegian government fined him €2,000 um, earlier this afternoon. So that needs to come in place and they need to get the military in the streets and start, start the fucking jail for in, that enforcing. Listen, like, if, if, if everyone stays in their own spot for two weeks, just imagine that for two weeks. If everyone abides by this law... Um, stays in for fucking two weeks. Imagine the difference that will make. No, but like even even crazy. go out, but be smart about yes. it. Like don't go, don't meet anyone. Just go out. If if, if mm. you're like getting cabin fever, just go and walk by yourself. You know, yeah. keep away from people. You know, don't wait for someone else to get out of your way. Get out of people's yeah, way. Exactly. You know, we're all help each other here. Like it's uh, we're gonna have to come together. Um, because yeah. tempers are gonna be getting very fucking short in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm getting short already, and I think um. I just think we need to just go on total lockdown for two weeks. Fuck it. You know, it's not going to kill. You know, it's not going to, um, you know, it's going to be the better for, for everyone else in this country. And we don't yeah, want like, the virus like, spreading further. I was even saying, like, if it takes, like, me waiting until two o'clock in the morning to bring the dog for a walk, I'll do it. Like, I don't yeah. I don't care. Like, whatever, whatever is uh, whatever is working for everybody else. Um, I do feel as though more people are understanding though as, as it goes on, right? Like, I mean, that video you put up today of that poor guy yeah. who's um, a patient in Kerry, I believe yeah, it is. Kerry and uh, Scary, scary, scary stuff. And it, it's it, it's just, I guess well, people need to be aware of that's, that, that uh, these are the consequences yeah, of you, you know, 100%. going out for a chat with your mates or whatever. And I think people, and I know it's obviously tough for them, but I think we should see a little bit more of that of, of the patients who are affected with coronavirus and they're in hospital. It would be great if they, you know, are, are sort of in recovery and they can put out videos like this sort of warning the young guys because there's been very few and far um, between we've seen people actually come out and talk about it. And I think the more chat you get out there from actual patients who have had it will will put the shits up these young guys and keeps the, keep them off the streets uh, and they'll, they'll hopefully engage in social distancing. That's my feeling. Absolutely. I hope all the McGraths are safe and yeah, well. Yeah, same, same with, hope, your, uh, with your lot as well and Elaine and, and all the guys there, definitely. Absolutely, guys. Uh, we hope you're all very safe. Yeah. We hope you're washing them fucking hands, um, keeping your distance and plugging your face into Eurobatch every Tuesday. Um, just a reminder, the A-side is out now on three times a week, on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Fuck Jose uh, Young's. <laughs> to help you guys through the struggle at the moment. We had a great episode last week with Jose Torres and Ashley Evans-Smith. Um, they are on... on the, when this comes out, there will be an episode yesterday um, for them with, I believe... Um, oh, it was, <laughs> Anthony Smith is going to be on the show this time, so it uh, should be very, very good. Um, right. Send us some suggestions of what we can do to pass our time, uh, some hobbies we can get into, and possibly some videos we can do that will pull us all together under Hashtag the flag of the Euro European Union. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Love you. Stay safe. Mwah. <laughs>